0: The hosting the Show with your host, Agostin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch-ass
1: midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> 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 oh.
0: and welcome back to the Agostino Zinga show with I your host Agostino Zinga and this is episode number 734 that's episode number 734 of the Agostino Zinga show with I your host Agostino Zinga and I hope you're doing well wherever this lovely bloody podcast may find you i hope you are doing swimmingly as i talk to you live and direct while a flipping police car whistles by my window in the lovely part of the world where i am where the crime rate is high the employment unemployment rate is even higher but i'm here talking to you live and direct from an undisclosed location regardless of that hope you well, hope you're good Happy New Year, by the way. Happy bloody New Year. Hope you've had a good one so far. I've had a brilliant one. I cannot complain. For some odd reason, I went to the gym the other day and it was rather empty. Now, don't get me wrong. I went at half six in the morning. Usually people don't go to the gym that early, but still, it was surprisingly empty. Now, I'm not too sure if this is a reflection on what I've been seeing outside because I've read some reports of people that went to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day's parties and people are basically saying there was hardly anybody out. Um, everyone kind of did their own thing, um, kind of did similar things to what I did and just chilled at home and had these other plans to go dinner and stuff. But the rave scene wasn't, you know, popping as much as it probably should have been. Now, there are varying reasons to it. You know, maybe the cost of living, maybe just too many parties, everyone spread around the place. But I wonder if the nightclubs... The lack of people in the gym, sorry, is reflected to the nightclubs. Maybe people are just off resolutions. Maybe people are off big fancy celebrations. Maybe that's not a thing anymore. Maybe that isn't a thing. Maybe. Who bloody knows? Who bloody knows? Anyway, uh, I couldn't really do much for my New Year's. As I mentioned previously in another episode of The Random Show. If you haven't checked that out, please check out my main channel, Random Show. But I was ill. I was really violently ill. It, at the worst timing ever, right? The worst timing, I was ill. The one time I was actually going to go to a New Year's Day party, because I don't usually party on New Year's Day. New Year's Eve is usually my time to like, reflect, welcome in the new year, um, you know, have a little drink, maybe go get some dinner, you know, that sort of vibe. I don't really like doing a whole party party thing, because unfortunately, I did try that beforehand. Um, me and my friend Bobby, we tried that many, many years before. We always went to like, New Year's Eve parties, and they never really were great. The New Year's Eve parties I can remember being great were the ones we went to people's houses, but usually who wants to do, you know, it's like doing a fucking Halloween party. Who wants to do a Halloween house party? Who really wants to host one? You know what I mean? You don't want to do the clean up. You don't want to have people in your house touching your shit, stealing your stuff. You know what I mean? It's just annoying. So... Unfortunately, the older you get, the less people also want to invite strangers to their home. So, the best New Year's Eve parties I ever had were were people's houses, but people don't do that anymore. So, nowadays, my New Year's Eve usually consist of me going to dinner, having a drink, um, you know, seeing watching the fireworks, all that good stuff. And this year was going to be one of the better ones because this year was the return of the big fireworks that they have on the fucking um, near the River Thames in London. L- L- the, you know, the London Iron shit. They had these big fucking firework thing you can watch it live on tv for free if you want or you can pay i think 15 pound to go and see it yourself in person which is a bit dumb because fireworks go up in the sky you don't really need to be right there in the middle to go and see it right in the front but some people go it's a big event so this year is going to be actually a good one i was gonna i was gonna, gonna go see the fireworks i was gonna go get some dinner go to a fucking fancy italian restaurant go to a good little cocktail bar to have some drinks And then kind of welcoming the new year that way, right? And then on the next day, I was meant to go to fucking Hotbox on New Year's Day. I meant to go get, put my fucking disco suit on and head over to Hotbox and have an absolute blast. And I was looking forward to it so much. I planned the whole year, you know, looking forward to this one big time in the year. One big event. And guess what happened? Yes, you guessed it. I got sick. And out of the blue, out of the blue, I got ill. I got this crazy sinus infection that legitimately gave me vertigo a sinus infection so bad i couldn't stand up and walk i was like in an eternal k-hole but like the worst type of k-hole the k-hole that made you like sick to your stomach because sometimes you're in a k-hole and you have this kind of you know disassociative feeling where you feel like you're sinking and shit but i had vertigo and dizziness where the whole room was spinning on like an xy axis and shit but and also my stomach was bubbling like I wanted to vomit, but I couldn't. Because I don't know why. There's something about me. Maybe I'm just too manly. Maybe I'm just too much of a man. Maybe I'm just too strong. But I don't vomit. I don't know what it is about me. I don't actually like projectile vomit. And I think I do need to. I think I need I might need to go in a little bit of a of a bulim- of a bulimic era and just start putting my fingers down my mouth and stuff. Like do my organic Ozempic. That'll be my version of Ozempic. Forget the little jab in the stomach my ozempic are these two fingers right <laughs> they kind of look like the ozempic pen as well don't they right so that's what i would you to do but i couldn't vomit so i had this crazy vertigo it was flipping killing me and like a real man like a real full-blooded heterose- heterosexual masculine man guess what i did Yes, you guessed it. I just laid in bed and hoped it got better by itself, right? I didn't go to the GP. I didn't call the doctors. I did nothing. I just tried to like firm it. I tried to like sweat it out under my fucking duvet while I was going dizzy. My front of my head, honestly. Sinus infections are so awful. I, I, I think I'm starting to get them quite often these days because in a few years ago, I had really crazy polyps in my nostrils what I had to get surgery for. So they went in there with a laser and they lasered off these polyps and there were these massive little balls, these glands that were inflamed in my nostrils around in my inside somewhere. It's a, it's just, it, I don't know if it's a typical thing, but I think if you have allergies, you get them a lot. So that's why sometimes when I'm on my streams or my recording and stuff, you see me, you hear me fucking, you know, sniffing a lot all the time. It's not because I've been doing gear all night. Most of the time, it's because of my flopping sinuses, you know, have been agitated or allergies, wherever it may be. But they're quite sensitive up there so maybe that's the reason why but i think ever since i got that surgery the surgery did well because now i don't sound as nasally because in the past if you would have heard a podcast you'd have heard me sounding very very nasally because my nose was always stuffed now it's not so stuffed but now I also get sinus infections you know and i get allergies a lot and shit so the the sinus infection honestly i swear in my life it made the front of my forehead feel as if like there was a ball in there like it was an extra weight. I could feel it on my forehead and I couldn't shake it. And for once, usually when I get like a sinus infection, I usually get, have a lot of like, you know, I have a runny nose. But this time there was nothing. But I could smell it. I could smell this, you know, the sinusy smell, the disgusting taste, the back of my mouth. But I had no runny nose. So it's such a weird one. So, But every time I tried to stand up, I would, I would be dizzy. I'd want to fall over and shit. It was awful. So I finally got myself fixed up, went to the flipping GP, got myself some antibiotics. And for once, even though I had big plans for New Year's Day and New Year's Eve, I've done it plenty of times in the past. I'm sure some of you have done it before where you've gone ill and you've had some antibiotics. and They told you you can't drink, you can't do anything else. And then I just done it straight away the second day. But for once, I actually listened. And I actually abided by the instructions because I hate the feeling of being sick. I'm not sure about you guys, but I hate feeling, you know, incapacitated. I hate feeling like I can't do anything. I can't move. I hate feeling like somewhat useless. So I actually listened. I listened. I got the medicine. I've used it all the way to the end now. I've only got two pills left that I'm gonna be taking later on. So I'm actually proud of myself for doing it because in in days gone by, I would have still gone to the party, I would have still just drunk on antibiotic, which is fucking crazy. I've done it before in the past. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've done plenty of word worse things, trust me. But what a bad way to start the new year, you know, with that what well, I was kind of happy it was a good it was a good bad way to end it and uh Good way to start the year because I did kind of you know got recovered, but I'm so pissed I missed Hotbox. I'm so pissed, so pissed because the videos and pictures I saw on their fucking Instagram, it looked fucking amazing. It sounded really good. Obviously you can't take pictures inside, but damn it, damn it, damn it. But anyway, apart from that, I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready and I'm ready to flip and pod. Yeah, big up I am sin. Silence to put me down before too. Yeah, honestly, man, I swear on my life, I don't wish that on anybody. And like I said, like I think I'm very um I don't know what the term is, but I have this thing where I can do I'm I'm okay with like external pain, but when it's like internal and I can't see it, it drives me even more crazy. Like because usually I think I get some sometimes I get sense of relief when I blow my nose. It almost feels like you're like flushing yourself out. But literally, I had no runny nose, nothing, but I felt my sinuses. This front of my head, that little circle here, like that, from like underneath my nose, to over above my eyebrows. I just felt like it was heavy, but I couldn't flush it out anyway. It was so awful. Damn it, man. But I'm happy the antibiotics work. Um, These things are pretty incredible, isn't it, right? If you've got a fucking STD, they work. If you've got a sinus infection, they work. Antibiotics are a flipping godsend. So big up whoever fucking invented them. Hopefully it was a black person. Hopefully <laughs> it was a black person. We were kings, right? <laughs> but yeah. Maybe someone in South Africa invented it. Oops, whoop. Anyway, um moving on. So um happy new year to everybody. Um that's my fucking brand for the new year. I've also got New Year's resolutions. News resolutions this year have been interesting because people are now doing now instead of doing news resolutions, people are doing like in and out list, which is odd. I feel like an in-and-out list is like a cop-out way of doing... Because the resolution is pretty matter-of-fact. It's pretty like, I want to do this, 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 and this. But an in-and-out list can be a little bit vague. It can be a little bit like, um out, war, you know, in, peace... It can be a bit wafty and a bit, you know, woo woo wow wow, but it doesn't really say anything. It doesn't really push or challenge you. And I feel like resolutions, for as naffy and as wanky and as hustle culture, rah-rah as they are, they're quite necessary, especially in, in my line of work where everything can be a little bit dreamy. It's nice to have some actual solid things that you have to act as weird little guardrails so that you can kind of keep yourself in some level of you know correctness along the path. So if you can get a bit crazy, but you know you've got these guardrails, you can't need to abide by it. So for this year, I did a, I just built off the last year's resolution, but I just tweaked and increased it a little bit to give myself a bit of a challenge because this is going to be really difficult to do, but I'm aiming to do it. And these are all things I aim to do throughout the year and just keep it cracking. So let's get it going. So my new year's resolution for the year, as I posted it on my Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter. You know what the flicking at is, Agassiznozingo, all one word. But my resolution for 2024 is as follows: read 150 books, hundred thousand subs on YouTube, run a minimum of 30 miles per week, maintain a weight of 190 pounds all year, one hour of Spanish and Portuguese language learning per day, and write and publish one blog post per day. Those are my goals that I'm aiming to keep for 2024 as guardrails. Now, will I achieve those things every single day? Probably not. But they are guardrails. They are meant to be a a kind of, you know, the, the kind of safety net that I have around me so that I can't get too crazy and I can't get too complacent. That's the main aim that I'm going with with this. But, but I have realized in the last few years that a lot of people don't really like resolutions. They don't really like how they sound. They don't really like what they do. They don't really like how the vibe that they give off, right? And it's unfortunate, really. Like I said, it's unfortunate. Because I feel like nowadays, more so than ever, I feel like we all need a little bit of direction. A little bit of... um a little bit of order, a little bit of a, you know, a a bit of a purpose. And I feel like sometimes resolutions can do that for you, just to kind of give you an indication of what you want to get out of the year. Because sometimes at the end of the year, it can be a little bit of a bittersweet moment. It's sort of like coming back, you know, from work, coming back to work from your first day of fucking vacation. It can feel a little bit like, man, I wish I was still on holiday. And end of the year could be a little bit like that, like, man, I wish I would have did this, this and that. So sometimes resolutions are a good way for you to kind of make sure that you correct those things. Because what you realize usually is that sometimes in a year, instead of doing all those, you know, what have I got there? Six things. Maybe even just doing two of those things is going to bring me so much more satisfaction if, if I don't do any. But sometimes you to give yourself a list of six. Then you end up doing two. And then you look back at the end of the year, you're like, "Raw, I did a lot. But if you didn't start with the list of six, you wouldn't have never got to a two. So I feel like as, you know, as sometimes anxiety ridden as it can be to give yourself these sort of lists and to give yourself actually a depression when you've already got loads of things to worry about you've got bills to pay you've got kids to look after family to feed all this stuff i know i get it but for me i've gotten a lot of value from it just because again maybe it's because of my brain and because i'm a bit crazy and i do loads of wild shit it's nice to have these things just so i know Okay, Ag, don't go too crazy. Don't get too fucked up. Don't lose focus. This is what you needed. Because I know for, if I do these things on this list on a weekly basis, this brings me the most, most amount of, of, of like, you know, this brings me a lot more value and love in life, right? If I'm reading books, I'm learning new things. Those new things I'm learning, I'm talking to you guys about them. So even though I read the books, you get to kind of share and learn about the things that I read, and maybe that can help you in the things that you do. Hundreds, hundreds, um, to thousand subs on YouTube is a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a, you know, I'm wanking myself up type of thing, but in trying to get to a hundred thousand subs, most likely that means I'm going to be making more content. If I'm making more content, that means I'm putting more videos out there, more videos out there, more people will see them, more people will see them, more people might like them, blah blah blah. blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of self-serving, but it also self serves others in a weird way. Um, running 30 miles per week, like I love to run, and usually I noticed before in the past when I was running a lot, guess what I was also doing? Listening to a lot of music. But now that I don't run as much, I'm not listening to a lot more music. So I'm not getting through to a lot more albums than like was before. And then listen to the albums informs my DJ, informs my DJ means I'm going to be playing better, playing better, get better gigs, blah, blah, blah. So it all kind of, you know, helps overall. And of course, the maintaining of the weight thing is obviously an easy thing to kind of realize because, you know, I'm, I'm into clothes and shit. I like to look good in the clothes that I wear. And I'm also not the kind of guy that likes to, you know. Force the fucking fashion thing if the cl- if the fucking body isn't right. So the body's right, I feel good in the clothes I have. I'm being more adventurous with the fits I'm putting out there. I'm stamp, I'm making my mark down because I think this year also I'm gonna be going crazy with the fit pics So if you see me on the IG doing weird fucking poses and acting like a little kawaii cute little fucking you know ego and stuff, don't say nothing. Just don't laugh. Just double tap and keep it moving, all right Because I'm gonna be posting loads of little cute like ha ha pictures in my you know blowing a kiss face and. P- p- poking out my tongue and shit so just don't watch that okay keep it shh. but yeah resolutions for me loving it that's what i'm doing um if you have any resolutions that you're also thinking of doing let me know let me know okay okay but like i said when i went to the gym the other day it was fucking empty so i have a feeling most people don't fuck with new resolutions most people are over it You know what I think happened? I think COVID broke New Year's resolutions. I think COVID... I think there was a period... I think it might have been like 2020. I feel like 2019 go to 2020... Where everyone was like... "Fuck Fuck a fucking resolutions. I'm depressed. I hate the world. Why are we locked down? Nothing's open. I've lost my job. I can't go on holiday. All these things that people were just annoyed. So I think COVID is what broke New Year's resolutions. I think ever since then resolutions have never been the same that's my gut feeling because i was so surprised over there I, was, I went to the gym honestly i went to the gym on the 2nd of january because i was still recovering on the 1st the 2nd january was my first like day where i was like okay i can, I can leave my house now i went to the gym on the 2nd of january and i swear to god there was hardly anybody there there was like six of us in there i was like wow i was genuinely surprised and again it wasn't like again it, you know it's not 9 a.m it was 6 30 but 6 30 still quite an early uh it's still quite a time where people are gonna go you know and get their workout in come back home and you know and change and go to work and shit so it's still a prime time and i was generally shocked that it was that empty i was like okay most people don't give a fuck anymore which is quite good i don't mind that i don't mind that i don't mind that Cause i think there was a period in time where it was almost like people kind of looked down on you if you didn't have goals if you didn't have like big ambitions if you didn't have resolutions and fucking Things you want to do is like i don't know just being a decent human and looking after your family and you know doing good by others and stuff is somewhat commendable also you don't have to be an entrepreneur and want to hustle and grind for you to be of value but i feel like there was a time maybe that was why covid came around maybe covid was a weird rapture in a way right a, a weird kind of like lifestyle rapture because everyone was wrapped up in their work You know, wrapped up in their fucking whatever, their careers. Maybe COVID was a way to kind of like, Hey, let's relax a little bit. You're not fucking Jeff Bezos. Let's just chill out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's get back to the basics. Look after your fucking family. Say hello to your kids a little bit. Play with your fucking kids. They fucking miss you. And then we can go from there. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. Okay. But what do I know? What do I know? moving on from that one, moving on. So um, I'm back again this year, going hard with all the stuff I want to do, blah, 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 blah. You know the deal. Um, so I've got a new outlook for Patreon going forward now. My Patreon's been a bit barren. I haven't been updating it too often. It's been too sporadic. So now going forward, I've got a new plan of action. The Agassino Zinger Show bonus patreon thing which you can find at patreon.com for agostino you'll find all my patreon episodes on there you can subscribe on there for as little as one dollar per month one pound per month it starts and obviously there's other tiers but you can subscribe for only one dollar per month nice and easy simple things on there and what you're going to be getting on there now going forward you're going to be getting this listen to me listen to me now two bonus episodes per week every wednesday every sunday Every Wednesday, every Sunday, you'll get a bonus episode. Whether it's a reaction um, from me reacting to a comedy special, whether it's a bonus episode of the X no Zinga show that you're watching, a bonus episode of the Random Show, whether it's a bonus episode of the Random Show fucking after show thing which I might start doing, you'll start getting those episodes every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday. Patreon.com, Fortune. I guess you know, subscribe on there only as little as $1 per month. I've already got the first episode up already of the year already so if you want to check that out make sure you do you can see now on the screen there um i've got the first episode available you see all the tiers there one dollar for pound fifty thirteen, 13 and then i've got the first episode which is me reacting to dave Chappelle's brand new comedy special the dreamer so i'm doing a live watch along reaction to dave Chappelle's new netflix comedy special called the dreamer you can see that on my patreon right now it's available for all Patreon members, all you need to do is subscribe as little as one dollar per month. And you can see that on there at patreon.com for slash agostino. Check it out if you care. If you don't care <laughs> anyways, moving on from that one. I also have a brand new DJ mix out at the moment. Okay. I'm also doing that every single day. Another one's coming out today as well that I've already recorded. I'm gonna be uploading them. So every single day, for as long as I can keep the streak up, I'm gonna be uploading One DJ mix on my SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com for just Handsome Black Man, SoundCloud.com for just Handsome Black Man. You'll find my DJ mix up on there at the moment. I've got one available already. Start checking it out. It's called Test Mix 66. It's available at SoundCloud.com for just Handsome Black Man. You can find it on there every 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 day this year there'll be a new flipping dj mix available obviously you've got the track list already sorted out there as well nice and easy check it out quick 30 minute little mixy mix there that you can see for yourself check it out don't be flipping stingy of course right don't be stingy check it out whoop whoop not gonna play that there but you can hear the music right you you heard it right you heard it right you heard the beats you heard that yeah you heard that right you heard that yeah you heard that you heard that right yeah, you heard it. Okay, cool. So check it out. Sanka.com forward slash handsome black man. Anyways, moving on, moving deep. So... Jaden Sancho is keen to move back to Borussia Dortmund, and I don't bloody blame him. I don't bloody blame him. Big up SkySports.com. Jaden Sancho is keen to finalize a loan move to from Man United forward ahead of the Marbella training camp. So, as you guys know, Bundesliga is in uh, winter break. They're about to go back into their fixtures this weekend, I think, or maybe next weekend. But that means Jaden Sancho is going to be able to finally escape the hellhole he's been in at Man United at the moment. Um, if you know. Jaden Sancho plays for Manchester United at the moment, but he had a bit of a falling out with our manager, Erik ten to the point where Erik ten Hag said unless he apologizes, he's not going to be available for selection again. Jaden Sancho doesn't think he needs to apologize, so there are loggerheads, and then the manager basically banished him from the first team training he's now training with the kids hasn't kicked a first team ball for a very long time and you know is basically wasting away on the sidelines the club is obviously not happy about it because you know you're paying this player a lot of money he's not playing and obviously the player himself isn't happy as well so i think for both all parties included it's probably the best option at the moment for him to go on loan to back to britcher dortmund the club we signed him from get some good form under his belt be able to play with more confidence get a smile back on his face again and then maybe off the back of that loan move he may be able to first force a permanent move or who knows by the time he comes back to United Eriksson Hog might not be the manager and everything might change but let's read the article anyway it says here um, Borussia Dortmund want Jadon Sancho to join them on their training camp in Marbella next weekend um, next week sorry negotiations continue over a six month loan for Man United um, Dortmund are aware that he has not been part of the matches for the past few months and is at risk Sancho is fit, injury-free and ready to play and Dortmund believe he can influence the team immediately. The majority of supporters support the transfer. He was a popular during his first spell at the club. It is thought uh, initial talks have taken place over a loan until the end of the season which would see Sancho return to Bundesliga club. May United it signed Sancho for Dortmund in 2021 for a deal worth 73 million. At the moment, it's fair to say that it was a bit of a flop, innit? Not even withstanding all the controversy, but he hasn't necessarily lived up to expectations, unfortunately, man. Really, really unfortunate. Um, the England International's contract at Old Trafford is up in 2026, with United holding the option to extend it for a further year. Sancho has not played for United since the 3 2 win against Nottingham Forest at Old Trafford on August 26th, after a public falling out with Eric Boss, with boss Eric Ten Hag after criticism of the forward's performance in training. All in all, I think it's a great move for all parties involved. Me personally, I would have much preferred it if the owners stepped in and told Eric Ten Hag and Jaden Sanders to sort it out. I think the stalemate went for too long. If anything, I think they're both in the right. I think Eric Ten Hag as a manager, even though I don't rate him, he has, he has a right to say that if a player isn't training well enough, that they're not going to get picked or whatever. And you can say it in a press conference, it's fair to say it, but I think he didn't... You know, he didn't expect the reaction he was going to get from Jaden Sancho. It didn't really land the way it was going to land. And maybe he was trying to get a reaction out of him, but instead it kind of didn't really land the how it was meant to. It was received very poorly. Sancho decided to reply back in the, you know, in the notes app and posted his Instagram and basically said, I'm not, you know, I've been training well. The manager's lying, which again, causes the question, the manager's authority and makes Nuke a liar. And, you know, whatever. It worked out the way it worked out. So clearly, I'm hoping everything works out and is able to get form back under his belt because I'm a big fan of his. Personally, feels up to me, and if you're asking me as a fan, I would much rather see Ericsson Haag fired and him back in the team than him having to go and play football somewhere else and Ericsson Haag still be our manager, personally for me, because I think Eric Harg has been such a horrible, horrible, um, you know, resounding underwhelming managerial appointment that I would much rather see him gone especially for the bad in-game decisions he's made poor tactical choices poor lineups and stuff and the faith in the wrong players I'd much rather see him go than Jaden Sancho go but you know we know how the things work here with these players and shit so maybe it'll work out in the long run but big up Jaden Sancho congratulations for escaping the Man United hellhole for congratulations for escaping and talking about escaping hellholes we have another congratulations in store Donny van der Beek is finally free. Donny van der Beek is finally fucking free. Thank Lord heavens. For whatever reason, Donny van der Beek's time at United has been absolutely disastrous. He barely plays, was not included in the Champions League squad for some strange reason. Big up, Wingers Dingers. Appreciate you, brother.
2: Big up, Paz. You doing any DJ sets in the future?
0: big up wingers dingers yes brother soon hopefully that's the plan with the soundcloud brother that's the plan i'm putting myself back on the shop market i'm like those girls in la i forgot what street it was those girls in la who get dressed up in their fucking nightclub clothes and they walk up and down the street and stuff i'm like those type of girls in la walking down the street i'm just put i'm just i'm just exposing myself out there i'm just putting my wares out there i'm saying hey choose me please can you choose me that's what i'm doing by putting up on my soundcloud so check out my soundcloud share it with people share it with the world and who knows who knows maybe i can be on a big festival stage one day in my little bra top with my little fucking hands in the air going who knows maybe i can do that but it's up to you it's up to you guys you want to see me in a bra top on stage djing with my little pigtails in Okay. Listen to my DJ mix then. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Pick up wingers, dingers. Okay. That's all I ask. You want to see me on stage with my little mini skirt on, right? With my little mini skirt DJ. You want to see me do that? Well, listen to my DJ mix. Go on my fucking SoundCloud and follow me. All right. There we go. <laughs> Pick up wingers, dingers. But yeah. Um, so, um, Andrek Franker signed Donnie Van de Beek on loan. Eintracht Frankfurt have completed the signing of Netherlands International Donny van der Beek on loan at the end of the season with the option of a permanent transfer. Van der Beek is a graduate of the Ajax famed Academy and burst onto the National Football scene at Amsterdam Club. The central midfielder scored 41 goals in 34 appearances for Ajax before May Night Transfer. After over three years, he has now set the Bundesliga Action Untrack Frankfurt a six month loan. So it's not an obligation to buy, it's just a transfer for the six months. But if I'm Donny, and I pray to God he's got good advisors. No matter if Erickson Hall gets sacked, no matter who comes in no matter who's in charge at United, no matter what reassurances he's given, please, please, for the love of God, Donnie, don't come back. No matter what happens, don't come back, brother. This time at United, is just, it's just a cursed time for you. Don't see it as opportunity to go back, to go on loan and then impress and then come back and get a place. You're not going to happen, brother. For some reason, we are cursed. United is cursed. Under the ownership of the Glazers, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. You don't, We don't deserve you. You shouldn't be at the club. You're not going to get anything from it. You wasted three years of your life here at the club doing absolutely nothing, which is completely unfair. But now you've got the option. You're out. Run. Run. Play well for Eintracht Frankfurt. Do your thing and go from there. Please don't come back to United. I beg you. Please don't come back to United. Please. I beg you. Okay? That's all I ask. Um, moving on from that one we have this news this really pissed me off the BBC it really pissed me off and this really reminded me do you remember when the whole GameStop Wall Street bets thing was going on that felt like a time in our lives when suddenly the working man the working class man the middle class man the average guy on the street the average man woman on the street had a chance to fucking, you know, disrupt the establishment, had a chance to fucking take on the bigwigs, to take on the financial institutions, to take on the stock market. And guess what they did? They infiltrated Robinhood. Remember the app we were using to buy our stocks and stuff? They intru- they, in- they fucking infiltrated Robinhood and they got, p- they got Robinhood to stop their users from buying more shares of, sh- of fucking GameStop. Do you remember that? You could sell your stocks you had, but you couldn't buy more the fucking market, the stock market had an influence in basically squeezing, um, I forgot what they called them, um, fucking penny stock fucking guys from making any money on the marketplace. And it drastically changed everything. And it showed you that the world is rigged. The world is actually legitimately rigged. The game is fucking rigged. And you just have to find a way to rig it in your favor. But it, it definitely rigged. No one plays by the rules. And if anything, the higher ups are always consistently trying to keep you down, trying to keep you down. And sometimes they try and keep you down with a smile on their face. Sometimes they try and keep you down by reassuring you, no, everything's okay. And sometimes the most offensive, the most offensive and rude and downright evil is when they tell you, is when they keep their foot on your head, but they convince you that you have a chance to be them. All you need to do is what? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just work hard. Just focus. Just have a passion. Don't think about the money. Just think about the work. It doesn't matter. At some level, there's always going to be a ceiling because these motherfuckers don't want you to take their positions. That's the truth of it. And if you think I'm lying and you think I'm being too cynical, look at this headline. Airbnb and eBay, Vinted and other apps are sharing their information with HMRC. HMRC are requesting information from Airbnb, eBay, Vinted, and other apps. And guess who exists on those other apps? Guess what those apps were used for? As a vessel for working class, middle class people to make some extra money to make some extra income, to maybe, who knows, slowly but surely climb their way out of the fucking poverty that they're in, to maybe ascend up the fucking class ladder, to maybe afford a house, to maybe afford a car, a second home, a holiday home, uh, to put a fucking money down for home for their kids growing up, to put some money into savings, to build some wealth, Whatever it may be, that was the only way people, regular folks like you and I could legitimately go from having no money to some money. Sell some stuff on eBay, maybe put your fucking room available uh, on fucking Airbnb, maybe rent a place and or maybe, sorry, maybe get a, a mortgage on a place, a small flat and list it up on Airbnb, maybe sell some stuff on vintage. All these things you do as a way of kind of like it's like an upward mobility fucking tool. And look at what the government, look at what the tax man is doing. Look at what the fucking tax man is doing. Trying to infiltrate you making some extra money on fucking eBay invented. Are you silly? This is the greatest example of how rigged the fucking game is. And it is so slyly depressing, it can make you cry. It can actually make you cry. Because the truth is... (laughs) They let you get away with what you get away with, actually. You think you're finessing the game, but they just let you get away with it until there comes a time when they're like, We wanna collect some money. There's some monies we're not collecting over there. We see it, we're gonna fucking take it. That's the actual reality of it. That's the truth. And that's what it makes it so insulting when people that have money are like, oh, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps or people that are born into privilege or people that are born into wealth, forget money, people that are born into wealth that brings with it connections, that brings with it contacts, that brings with it just l- legacy things that are entrenched that money can't buy. I think in the UK is a good example of it. At least in the US, for me personally, I feel like in the US, if you're able to, you can you can kind of pull yourself out of your bootstraps, but in the US, if you amass a certain amount of money You can always, you can be in a room with Barack Obama, right? But I feel like in the UK, that doesn't exist. In the UK, our class systems are rigid. No matter how much money I ever make in my life, there's probably never going to be a situation where I'm in the same room as fucking Prince William. It's never going to happen because we just don't, live in the same worlds, you know but at least in america you have this idea you have this sort of like fantasy that you can be in the same room as an oprah no it's not the same thing but you know what i mean right as a barack 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 obama as a fucking george bush and shit but in the uk it's super rigid so at least with airbnb vintage and stuff you get a chance to kind of you know some upper mobility you can maybe shake it and break it a little bit. You might get a little award somewhere. You might be at some gala and bump into them. But now, HMRC are getting involved and they're going to try and tax you on your fucking income you make on Airbnb. Imagine. Imagine, man. Imagine. These people just don't stop. They don't stop bleeding you dry, right? Don't stop bleeding you dry. Anyway, let's read the article with the BBC. It says, Are you raking in... Are you raking it in selling clothes online? Is letting out your spare room proving a nice little earner? People who make more money from online side hustle activities like these will find tax net is tightening this year. Are you insane, bro? Side hustles are going to get taxed. Oh! From January 1st, firms included Vinted. Airbnb and eBay are obliged to collect and share details of transactions with tax authorities that will allow HMRC to home in on anyone who would be declaring extra income but isn't. So now you have to declare if you fucking resell a pair of fucking panda dunks on eBay. Are you fucking nuts? Honestly, are you absolutely nuts? You're reselling a a fucking pair of panda dunks for $50 extra just to give you some money to go to the fucking pub, right? Or to maybe go and have a nice burger somewhere or to maybe, I don't know, fucking train travel to fucking Brighton somewhere. And now you're going to get taxed on it. Come on, bro. Come on. While HMRC are already able to request information from UK-based online operators, from the start of this year, there'll be new rules that the UK has signed up to via the international body, the Organisation of Economic Corporation and Development, OECD, as part of the global effort to clamp tax dodgers. Clamp tax, it's to put more money in their fucking co- And again, I'm not opposed to fucking taxes, but do they actually get used for anything that's gonna bring us any fucking use? Are the fucking roads paved? right? Do we still have a crazy homelessness issue? Especially where I live in in this part of London. It's fucking obscene. I step outside my flat and it's covered in fucking piss and there's tents everywhere and people fighting fucking over biscuits and stuff. It's horrible. Do you know what I mean? If my tax money was getting used to fucking hose them down the street somewhere, fair enough. But no, I have fucking, you know, fucking, you know, heroin junkies on the street corner here fighting over a digestive biscuit. And you'll want me to give you more tax money from eBay selling, from eBay reselling. Are you serious? Are you serious? So StockX is taxing me, right? I'm getting fucking taxed st- tax by StockX. I'm going to get taxed by fucking whatever eBay platform I'm selling on, taxed by Depop and Vinted. And now the tax is coming after me ha 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 i fucking love it let's keep going the new rules require digital platforms to report the income sellers are getting through the site routinely it will apply to sales of goods such as things that have been handcrafted (laughs) they're gonna come after the etsy girls the etsy girls making cute little handmade jewelry they're gonna come after them The girls are making fucking handmade soap and shit. You're going to, honestly, you're going to come off the girls making handmade soap and candles. Really? For extra money to pay for fucking diapers and shit and whatever. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Give us a break. Give us a fucking break, man. God damn. But also services including taxi hire, food delivery, freelance work, and short-term accommodation. So everybody's getting it. All these kids on fucking e-bikes and on fucking modified mountain bikes with electric motors on the front wheel and fucking crazy scooters that have been modded. All those guys are gonna get, are gonna get taxed now. You're gonna get, you're gonna tax the kid that's fucking doing runs from fucking McDonald's every fucking Saturday morning. Really? 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 You're not gonna go for anybody else up above, no? You're not gonna go for the multimillionaires or the billionaires. No, you're gonna tax the kid that's fucking delivering me, my bloody Burger King. Really? Really? That's who needs to be taxed? Come on, bro. The government said the new rules would help to bear down on tax evasion. Why don't you bear down on tax evasion for the na- You know who dodges taxes the most? Yes, bitch, you guessed it. The people that have the most money if you have the most money you're the one most willing to dodge taxes because obviously if you're a fucking multi-millionaire your taxes you're paying are crazy so the ones who tax dodge the most are the fucking multi-millionaires those are the ones that need to get clamped down on not fucking the working class man or woman just earning a living to pay rent and the mortgage what the fuck is going on bro god damn it damn it man HMRC spokesman says new rules will support our work to help online sellers get their tax right first time. They will also help us detect any deliberate non-compliance ensuring a level play, a level playing field. That's the, I swear that's a fucking double entendre. No, big up NJ Ranger. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps is what pirates were told after getting the plank. Same with meritocracy. Dude who coined it was being sarcastic. There we go. But they took it literally. Exactly, NJ Ranger. There we go. Thank you for the fucking etymology of points over by a bootstrap. Isn't that fucking crazy, eh? The actual, we, we use it now as a term to tell fucking poor people or people that don't have ambition to fucking figure it out, as Tom Segura would say, right? Figure it out. I did it. You can do it too. Oh, bitch, really? What was your dad doing then before he died, you fucking can't. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Come on. Ensure a level. Not even a double shot. Isn't that like an oxymoron? Ensuring a level playing field for all taxpayers. The whole nature of fucking taxpaying invites people to dodge and to fucking finagle it. There is no level playing field. You know, there's only a level playing field and you have the money and the means and the access and the time and the intelligence to fucking dodge it in the first place. Regular person, you just fucking, it just comes out your paycheck. You have no fucking option. Before you even, before you even scream and shout, you open your paycheck and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Anyway. Firm's first obligation to report to HMRC will be the end of January 2025. with will information such as tax ID and bank account details, the value, of the volume of transactions, and sellers whose activity, um, is so significant size enough. What do I need to do? Online sellers already paying tax do not need to alter. If you must be a real goody two shoes, if you are selling a couple of bits and bobs on depop and you're paying taxes on it you must be a real fucking randall a real goody two-shoes a real jobsworth a real is anything else i can do miss you must be one of those fucking knobheads if you're paying voluntarily taxes on fucking shit you're selling on vinted on poshmark and shit are you having a laugh are you having a laugh unless they force me to do it i ain't doing it Resistance. <laughs> Fight the power. <laughs> Imagine I go to pen. Imagine I go to fucking prison for refusing to pay taxes on some fucking Jordan 4s I resold. I'll <laughs> oh, be beautiful, man. Free Agostino, man. He tried to He tried to go, catch a quick lick of some sneakers shoes and... You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That fucking mugshot. I'll be, lo- I'll be looking... Wait. I'll be like... Urgh. Um, Anyway, let's continue. Individuals have 1000 tax free allowance for money made through property. There's also 1000 pounds allowance for trading income, for example, people earning below those thresholds may not have to fill in tax returns, but could keep records cases if they are asked for them. Adam J, chief executive of the second-hand marketplace, Vinted, told BBC he did not believe the new rules would affect many of the sellers. It's actually quite a small proportion of sellers on the platform who trigger the threshold where we need to provide information. Okay, cool. So most sellers don't make that much money, really and truly. Under the sets of rules by the EOCD, by the E, e so the OECD, firms will not be asked to share data with sellers who make fewer than fair transactions a year. That's still That's still not that much, you know. If you buy a couple of Hype Sneakers, That's not a lot. If you buy a couple of decent... Like, imagine last year. If you bought, like, a couple fucking Travis Scott shoes and shit, you could easily make 1000 plus on those reselling them. Easy. Easy. So, you know... But then again, if this keeps happening, guess what's going to happen? People are just just going to go back to Facebook. Because Facebook for a while was... I don't know if it's still booming, but Facebook for a while was booming for the fucking um, reselling market of sneakers and shit there's all these groups you can go on and they, they they run pretty well there's a good vetting system around it there's legit sellers on there that have good reputation so you can trust sending the money because they've kind of got good rep with the community in there they also are really quick to ban and get rid of fucking scammers and shit they expose them really quickly but it all gets dealt with directly so you can meet people up you can transfer money via PayPal cash up all that shit so it cuts out all the marketplace and the platform so if you don't want to Sell it on if you don't want to sell stuff on eBay and vintage and all those places, you can just go on you know community pages. Like, I'm sure there's telegrams that exist, I do the same thing, Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups. They probably exist where you can just like buy and sell shit. So, if they keep coming, people like myself and others who don't want to pay these fucking taxes, we will find a way. We will find a way. We will find a way. Um, it continues. Um, the guy says here. The CEO of sorry, the CEO, sorry, the who's it? The CEO of Vintage says it's only those people who are making profit from selling second hand items that might be eligible for tax, and that is about their own personal tax situation. The tax will ultimately be due to GMTRC. We'll be actively reaching out to those sellers, expanding the new requirements as they um are The requirements are why they exist. Emma Rawson, tax expert of the Association of Taxation Technicians, told the BBC Today's program that a new rules could still put off some people who might be wary of income incurring taxes. The key things to think about, um, she said, were whether or not that you were selling um, amounted to a trade where you might proactively be buying clothes to sell on, for example. Isn't that most people? So, all those girlies online on Depop and stuff that made, in, like, imagine all those girlies online that made their entire careers, who started off brands. Um, who's that one woman? Um, Nasty Girl, right? That, that Nasty Girl woman. I forgot her name. But then she started off doing the same thing. Then she started selling little shits on fucking Depop and then she built it up and then started making her own brand. Entire fucking, I think the entire girl boss, um, basically term came off the back of selling cute little shits on marketplaces and stuff and going from there. So all those girls that are able to kind of build themselves up from literally the ground up and start entire movements, brands, companies that now employ hundreds of thousands of people, inspire all these girls around the world, there will be no more. Because motherfucking HMRC when to get in people's pockets. Are you for real? You're going to stop all that entrepreneur, all that, all that amazing entrepreneurial spirit that exists. You're going to stop all of that amazing energy around people. You're going to stop the dependence. And again, you see how fucking corrupt and fucking rigged this shit is. All those girlies, all those fashion girlies and boys on Depop and Vinted and all the stuff that was selling their shoes, their clothes on there, creating their own little boutique that would turn into a physical store, that might turn into a consultancy firm, that might turn into a fucking consignment shop, that might turn into them being a consultant, a brand expert, whatever. That was their vehicle to kind of go against the industry, to kind of go against the fucking. The, the, the scene. You didn't have to go and sl- sl- lick ass somewhere. You didn't have to go intern somewhere. You could just learn by doing. Buying old shit. Selling it on fucking... On the sites. Maybe buying some stuff. Styling it well. And then you could kind of circumnavigate going through the industry. But now... What they're basically doing is that they're stumping your ability, they're stunting your ability, they're pushing you down for you to do your own thing. So that what you have to do now, you have to go back to the fucking industry, the same place you're trying to run away from, you're trying to make your own lane, you now have to go and acquiesce, kiss the ring, bow down, give him your fucking arsehole so you can be involved. You see what's happening. It's all fucking rigged. It's all rigged. <sighs> Hate it, mate. Fucking hate it. They always find buy- again, it reminds me so much of Wall Street Bets. It reminds me so much of Wall Street Bets. There was an app called Robinhood where you could buy penny stocks and shit, right? You could buy small fractions of companies listed on the fucking stock market. You could buy them yourself from the comfort of your own fucking smartphone, right? And the, the fucking people on Wall Street Bets subreddit, they saw all these greedy, finance stock market guys short selling the stock of gamestop basically trying to preempt its demise so all these fucking amazing guys on wall street bets said you know what fuck that we're gonna counteract that shit they bought up all the stock they drive up the fucking value of the fucking stock they killed the fucking stock guys they grew upset and then those guys made a call to the robin ceo that vlad dude right they put in a call and he halted he halted purchases they were that strong, they were able to influence an app that has nothing to do with the government, nothing to do with the stock exchange. for something. They were able to get in, infiltrate a fucking, uh, an infiltrating an app that's funny enough titled, you know, Robin Hood, steal from the fucking rich to give to the poor. But instead, guess what? They stunted the poor to help the fucking rich. That showed you that the game was rigged. This is another example of the game is rigged. It's fucking horrendous. I fucking hate it. I really do. Yeah, exactly. People we saying, even people we saying in the chat, money, um, money, money said trickle up, or, or tick, money said tick trickle up, um, or from the middle out, not trickle down. Exactly. Um, what you call I believe it's tax free. Or anything sold under twelve k profit says Mister Mister Mace. Okay, cool. Um, I still don't. I still don't want any taxes at all. No taxes. I am um, since there's PayPal and Zelle, all the money sending apps are being taxed or have to be reported on taxes if you send or receive certain amount. Yes, it's awful. It's awful. They know what they're doing, man. They know what they're doing. It's getting harder and harder to do anything out here. Exactly. That's why. That's why crime pays, and that's why people lie. If you ever, if you want any example why actually crime does pay, and why people lie, this is it. Because I've always. This is a, a mad hot take, right? But I'm, I've am i always been very dubious about crime figures and stuff. Like, when it comes to, like, prosecutions, when it comes to arrests, I've always been very dubious about it. I always felt like that was a weird... Like, you know that picture they have of, of like, um you know, um police confiscating, you know, huge amounts of, like, money or guns and drugs and shit, and they put it on a big table, they were standing around like that, right? I always thought that sort of shit was, like, a weird attempt of like mind control to make sure that people don't try and do those type of things to kind of scare them into compliance when really the reality of it is most people who are good at crime get away with it that's my feeling about it i have a feeling that most people that are good at crime whatever the crime is especially when it comes to financial making money type of shit most of them get away with it that's what i think but i think they don't want to let you know that because obviously, the next thing you're going to do is then you're going to go stick up a fucking bank <laughs> and try it as well. So they want to fucking dissuade you and say, no, it doesn't usually work. Everyone gets caught. Cool. There's fucking ink in those fucking cash machine boxes, things. Bullshit, bro. I think most people get away, with, get away with it or they fucking lie about the numbers. I swear to God. I swear it. I swear it. There's a, I have a feeling deep down inside that that's the case. Again, I could be wrong, but... I really am. Okay? I could be wrong, but I really am. Moving on. Moving on. So, New Year's Eve celebrations. New Year's Eve celebrations very interesting time of the year like i said before in london we had a really spectacular um celebration at the london eye um you know river thames tings fireworks going up all over the place it was fucking crazy where i live in london there was a really good display as well guys in the hood on the street doing it people are the people at the back somewhere it it looked amazing in the sky to see all of it light up all the fireworks and shit fucking cool but there were some psychos. There were some cycles around the world who actually went to like big events to go and see the fireworks and shit and the special displays and stuff. And I was surprised at the amount of people that do that sort of stuff. I was really generally surprised because of how crazy the crowds can get. But you know how people are when it comes to crowds. One of them was a New York one um, in Times Square. I never really understood the, why that is a thing with a ball and it kind of drops down and shit. And, you know, I've been to New York once in my life. I went to Times Square, of course, you know, to check it out and it was already too much for me and i live in london it's really it's kind of like the same sort of you know busyness but even i couldn't handle that stuff so i've never understood why people will voluntarily go to Times square to go and watch the new year's eve fireworks shit it doesn't make any sense to me being there to shop and stuff fair enough but like going out of your way to go there is wild cool anyways there was another firework thing happening this time in paris and legitimately it looked like hell but it was so full and rammed it's making me think maybe we're the weirdo normie ones here right there's this massive i forgot what the fucking thing is called in paris the the gate i forgot what the fucking name of it is and please forgive me but everybody's out there basically watching the fireworks the view looks fucking amazing but the only thing you can see in this picture are the sea of smartphones on fucking selfie sticks, you know, in hands, whatever, just a sea of smartphones all trying to capture the exact same thing instead of experiencing and seeing the thing with your own eyes when you're actually there. How fucking sad is that? That we're all more worried. Looking at that picture, what that shows is that we're all way more worried about showing our friends and people that we don't know online that we went to that thing as opposed to enjoying that thing because don't get me wrong I would not be seen dead at a celebration like this It's just too many people for me but isn't it sad that you're there not because you want to be there you're there because you want people to know you were there and what's the best way to 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 show it yeah I'm gonna record it I'm going to record it and I'm going to share it on my feed so everyone can see that I was there. But I don't really remember it. I don't really, you know, there's no sense of being there and enjoying it. It's just, just, I want to capture it for other people. That to me is just the antithesis of like how sad modern day culture is nowadays and how we consume things, especially in real life, because make no mistake, this design of the whole thing, everything about it, I'm pretty sure, whoever put it together, had in mind phones. They had in mind people holding up their phones in portrait mode. They had in mind it happening at, at, light, at night and the lights and stuff. It was all designed for that square 10, 1080 by 1080 fucking pixel image. That's a sad thing. It wasn't actually designed to actually bring about the, to elicit the most amount of emotion and feeling and fucking whatever in person. It was actually designed solely for the benefit of how it's going to look on your fucking smartphone. That's the actual really scary thing about it. They designed these type of things for your smartphone, but it's, this, but it's obviously done in in real life IRO in a physical location. You go there because you want to be there. But then you're experiencing it through your fucking phone. It's absolutely nutty. And if anything, it makes me appreciate way more the events I go to, like, you know, the Berlin clubs I go to and stuff, where essentially they very much dissuade people from using phones, you know, their cameras on the dance floor. Again, it can be very pretentious. It can be very self-absorbed. It can be very kind of, um, you know, it can be very almost intrusive. But... You understand when you're there. Any club you go to, especially in London now, there's a few hot box, big up my guys over there. They're fucking fantastic. They do it as well, covering your phone camera, Fold in London, cover your phone camera, a few others as well. And it can be a little bit annoying. It can be a bit pretentious. I get it. But once you experience a party like that, it's very difficult to go back to a regular place where everybody's flashing the camera at the DJ, recording selfies in front of the DJ booth, taking pictures of their friend falling over. It's a very different experience because the ability to just take put a picture. And again, it's not you can't use your phone. They just put a sticker over it. It just makes you be present. You're just present in the moment because that on paper is a beautiful place, right? It's a beautiful 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 location you're in paris new year's eve in the center of paris all the lights look all the trees are lit up right yeah all the trees are lit up all the fucking trees are lit up fireworks projections music good vibes baguettes croissants oui oui menor pardon all that good shit right and here you are experiencing it all through your fucking screen. How sad is that? How sad is that? But hey, what can you do? What can you do? Anyway, moving on. What are you guys saying in the chat? Bubbity, um, bubbly, bubbly, bubbly ba. LMA talking about the British stuff. Yeah, you know, you know how we do, NJ Ranger. You know how we do, NJ Ranger. You know how we do. You know how we do. So um, quickly, want to mention as well. Um, I was actually surpri- I was actually surprised how little it actually hurt me that I wasn't able to go out New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I guess when you're ill, your brain does this thing of like, yeah, my situation. I'm not going to think about it anymore. You just want to get better, right? That's usually what happens, right? When you're ill, you focus more on just your health. You realize health is wealth. Nothing really matters in that respect. So I wasn't that thrown out. But I have to be honest, that lineup for Berghein was fucking meaty. And I kind of wish I was there. I'm not going to lie. New Year's Eve lineup was fucking crazy. Um, it started on the 30th, right? Like fucking basically a three-day celebration. 30th, 30th, the 31st, the 1st and the 2nd, basically, kind of, right? So it went on for fucking ages. Um, obviously, you know you know what the vibe is over there, Burghine and stuff. Um, but for me, the opening DJs of each room is just incredible. Like when it comes to programming, the guys there that the guys and girls that book Berger, I know what the fuck they're doing. They they're not amateurs because the programming is always so good. Look at the opening for Berger Main Room. Quelza, Philippa Pasho, um <laughs> F and UVB. As an opening four, Quartet. Then it closes with this four. Don Williams, Steffi, Answer Code Request, Faddy Mohem. Panorama Bar, opening four, Gabriel Quartang, Bashka, Okta Okta, and Sedef Asti last four same room avlon emerson paramida yang sung boris xxx floor pablo Buzzi, malak malaika cormac budino last four look at that chris cruz Soundstream, um carrie morrison boys shorts like you can't compete when it comes to that sort of lineup it's fucking brilliant i kind of kind of wish i would go i went but you know what i'm not that kind of bothered that didn't go but then you go on fucking Instagram, you go on Instagram and you check out the recent images of people that were there and you're like, fuck, I wish I was there. Right? You see all the fucking amazing outfits. You see people smiling, right? Look at these fucking smiles, right? I'm not sure if it's smiling because of the cat, they're smiling because of the speed, because of the vibes, because they've got fucking cabins there. Look, they've got portaloos at the front of the Berg IQ. They've now got little loose, So if you need to do quick MDMA shits, Because there's nothing, nothing like an MDMA shit. Once once that shit starts running, you need to start fucking shitting. Um, You know, I'd hate to go into these cubicles after the fact, though, because they must smell like high heavens. But they've got little cubicles there. You see the wristbands and shit. But one thing I did hear, one thing I did hear about it for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, the price, it was 60 euros, 60 euro entry for Berghain new year's eve day celebration marathon re-entry price bitch you guessed it 20 dollars 20 euros sorry re-entry so in total you're probably looking at 100 euros to get in to burghine include not including maybe the cloakroom and all your drinks and shit that's kind of expensive isn't it and maybe that might explain why it was kind of not as full as it probably should have been i've been reading a lot of accounts on obviously the Berlin community subreddit and a lot of people are saying it wasn't as full as previous years and people are hypothesizing that it could be because of the price now the funny thing is about the price i feel like berlin people are really spoiled because we've been paying these type of prices in london for a long time most nightclubs in london start at like 30 pounds most nightclubs even the shittest ones start at 30 pounds now 30 pounds to get in is nothing because you still have to pay for the cloakroom you still have to pay for your drinks for your little drugs you're gonna get food the cab home so you're still paying a lot of money to go out like most nights out you probably are spending as a whole package maybe 200 pounds you could probably have a stretch if you want to and you bought yourself beforehand. You could probably have a £100 night. Or if you're really scrimping, you could probably like sneak a couple of drinks in some way and do a little €50 euro night. But if you're an adult with a job, you're to spend some money, you're probably going to spend £200 easy. But I think Berlin people don't, they don't really fuck around when it comes to spending money in clubs. It's not a thing that they like to do because I guess they're, they're kind of like, their times of raving is far more conducive to like, a normal way of raving than us. They kind of open longer. They usually, I think, they're they're off licenses. They sell even beer cheaper than us. Even their bars, I think, for the most part, even most clubs, I think, burger. Most you know, the cheapest beer in burger, I think, is like four euros, five euros. I don't think you can find a club in London that sells a beer for less than ten pounds. I swear to God, I don't think so, or less than eight. I think most clubs have beers that start at eight pounds and up. But in Germany, you can go to a nightclub and have like a beer in a nightclub for like three euros. So obviously in that type of place, they don't take it too well if they start paying 60 euros for entry. So that made me stumble on this article. of Explainer. That might explain why people in Berlin are a little bit shy and aren't willing to go to places like Bergheim and pay 60 euros because, you know, it's just not something that they're ever used to. And obviously they have a different relationship with the clubs when it comes to money and stuff. And the weird thing as well, which I've read online, is that it's now changing the nature of the dance floor. You're seeing different, you're seeing different type of people on the dance floor. It's maybe not as diverse as it once was because people are being priced out. It's really interesting. And they seem to be a little bit more steadfast when they get priced out. Like, they don't go. I think with, with us English London people, we get, you know, they, they, they jack up the prices. We still go. E1, one of the worst clubs in London, right? Best Liners, a terrible club. They have extremely high entry rates. We keep complaining, but guess what? We go there again the next week. So we're a little bit full of shit, but let's see the headline because of ex-Berliner. club clubbing crisis. When, Berlin, when did Berlin parties become so expensive? Church of ex Berliner. Like pretty much everything in Berlin, clubbing is getting more expensive. We could just pass off a simple fact of life prices rise, that's the way it is, suck it up. With clubbing, the impact is deeper door entry hikes start to price out the very people who built up the club culture in the first place clubs in berlin are rightly lauded for their sense of community and the way that they provide space for those who live more on the margins when these people become unable to attend parties they arguably contribute to the success of then we can say clubbing is facing a crisis that's very true to be honest and i think one thing to give london credit for most of the parties i go to especially some of the parties within the kind of queer LGBTQ side of things and the alternative raves. They're really good in terms of always putting in their listings or in their descriptions that if you're somebody that is like down bad and don't have a lot of money, or maybe your circumstances aren't that great, please contact us directly and we'll sort you out. So, they obviously offer always offer that option so if you're somebody that doesn't really have much money um then you can obviously get a ticket comped out for you if need be and that's something that wasn't the case a few years ago so i think that's a good thing that they kind of introduced to make sure that their parties are representative of their community they're trying to have, you know of their community and shit and also trying to make sure that everyone has access to their rave so it doesn't kind of you know they don't exclude people which is cool it continues for one weekend in September, Bergheim increased its entry costs to 30 euros, sparking outrage. It was only last year that the standard door prices rose to 25 euros. That's in addition to the increase in prices for drinks and a cloakroom. And it's not just berghain The entry fees for many clubs have risen disproportionately to the average rise in wages throughout the city, with an average rise of 25% across um, the venues, according to Taz Spiegel. Not so long ago, Bergheim was a mere 15 euros. I remember that. And you wouldn't pay more than 10 euros to get into cc you know what's funny i didn't think this was an issue until i looked back on my fucking pictures you know that i was checking my pictures i was checking out my pictures on my iphone and i saw because i didn't realize how often i went to berlin i uh, went to berlin in like 2021 or something i forgot there was a year that i went like six times and i didn't realize so i was looking through my pictures and i legitimately saw the rise of the ticket because i took pictures of my wristband all the time and i was surprised of like how quickly it went from 15 to 25 to 30, I think within like 18 months. And I didn't also realize after reading this article that the cost of fucking, um, sorry, the wages haven't increased though. So imagine if you're living in Berlin and you're used to clubbing at like a 15 euro range, but your wages are, but now it's 20, 30 euro range, but your wages haven't increased of course it's going to price you out because you're earning as much as you were earning when it was 15 euros but now the entry is 30 euros so you're having to double pay entry maybe double pay drinks and other things so it kind of really does price you out of things and if anything it kind of just makes you want to just change your lifestyle maybe and do other things that's something i've realized too when i went last as well i really i I quickly realized that it wasn't as full as it once was um even just the clubs the vibe outside overall and i think maybe some people have maybe moved back home some people have maybe just you know changed and got different hobbies whatever it may be or maybe some people just found other ways to party but the whole clubbing clubbing landscape isn't where it once was before even in a place like berlin that's always jumping it definitely has kind of changed a bit and maybe it's the reason it continues the factors for these price hikes are well reported minimum wages for staff have risen since um the pandemic began and less said about the energy costs are better rents are also increasing and dj fees are going through the roof as to that other various costs and expenses you've got a very costly business to run that's that's obviously the amazing sissy i guess a lot of it gets a lot of um hate sissy Foss, but i actually like it as a club and I think I like it more as a club now that I'm older because, you know, I don't necessarily want to go to Berlin all the time and always hear techno. As much as obviously it's the home of techno, I know, but it can be a bit boring to hear the same do, 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 So it can be good to go somewhere like a Sisyphos where each room, each little nook and cranny of it has a different type of vibe. And you might hear some house, you might hear some disco, you might hear some breakbeats, you might hear some drum and bass, some jungle. It's just a mix. And it's refreshing because sometimes a do, 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 harness, harness, Dr. Martin's drop track, drop track, drop jockstrap, drop chest, 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 chest. It can be a little bit too much. So I don't mind Sissy Foss. It gets a bad reputation, but I think it's actually a good club. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I'm not saying that to be a troll. I actually do think it's actually quite decent. It continues. The collective Menschmeier recently announced that it would be closing at the end of the year due to the rising costs. In an interview with Groove, a German online magazine for electronic music and club culture, Jenny P, the club's public relations officer, stated that the Menschmeier's members and the staff couldn't even party at their own events because they were too expensive. This was the last straw for the club and they decided to close. Fucking hell. When your own crew, your own staff, can't afford to rave. That kind of reminds me of like you remember like have you ever i to be couple times, have you ever worked in like a restaurant or like a bar somewhere and you you know it's like the business isn't going well because the managers start to get really tight about food. That usually is a sign that the bar or probably working at isn't going well. They start to like tell you, okay, you can't make this, you can't get this for free. Um, you have to pay for this now. It's usually an indication that things are going fucked up when they start charging you for the fucking cokes and shit. So you're like, what? I could usually take these, and now you can't take the coke colors anymore. Type little, type little things. That's obviously a good. And again, I guess a club. That's another indication of it when your own crew can't party there. It continues. Yeah, another side chapter in the slow demise of clubbing in Berlin. The phenomenon is so pervasive that there's even a German word for it called. Club, Clubstabin, 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 which translates as Death of the Clubs. This year, Anita Berber closed for similar reasons to Manchmayer, to Minchmayer, Manchmayer, and Fiz Rimsa will meet its end in November. What's the solution? are high entry fees really the only way to keep a club open at its core clubbing is or at least about a community and creating a safe space um increased prices create social inequality excluding many people who benefit the most from these spaces Hmm, could it be argued could it be could it be argued or would it be mean to say a great club does include some level of inequality and social and in exclusion isn't that the whole premise of like having door pickers you're kind of excluding people yeah so i find this kind of bit rich because the whole premise of the clubs they have out there in in germany is that in berlin specifically, is that it doesn't matter how much money you have in your pocket if you have the similar if you have the right vibe you don't click what we're doing you don't get what we're we're about you know about the djs you can't come in okay cool i won't come in then but now, you have fucking what? You have your fucking club... What's that? Club, uh... Clubster been going on now. Now all of a sudden, you're, you're struggling. You want the money, huh? So now what? Do every, does everyone get in? Because it's clubs have been. Clubs have been means everybody gets in now, huh? Even the niggas. Even the niggas. Ah... To find better answers to this problem, we have to return to our roots. Yes clubs need support, but beyond that, we need to start looking for closer to home, booking more local DJs. Not going to happen. Um, expensive international names can be reduced, a club's um overhead some sorry, booking more international booking more local DJs than expensive international names can reduce a club's overhead. Some of our favorite clubs were built upon having a strong roster of local in-house residents. Smaller clubs and club nights are able to grow. Great parties with just Berlin based DJs. So why don't the clubs um, use the same approach? They don't do it because it doesn't make money. That's why I've long argued for that. I've long argued that we need to have a return to the resident DJ model where you'd have a core set of DJs that play Tuesday to fucking Friday, right? Every fucking week. So that you could build a community and a vibe around the club. You could also quote unquote educate the consumer to know what to expect. Tuesdays to first Friday. And then on the Friday slash Saturday, Sunday, you have all the big wigs coming in from all over the world and shit, all the headlining DJs. But then you also have the residents fleshing out the rest of the lineup. So that you have the, so then you have the ability to kind of let them learn during the week and grow and build as artists and DJs. And then also give them the opportunity to play alongside big names on the weekend. But then you have the ability to have a local scene be cultivated and you have the international acts coming in to kind of bolster and add some money to the coffers. But clubs nowadays want all the money and want all the eyes. So the Tuesday to Sunday model is just having big name of the big name of the big name of the big name but unfortunately that isn't sustainable because there's only cert- there's only all djs for the most part charge a lot of money anyway right most of them especially the, the higher up ones but unfortunately there's only a certain level of dj that actually sells tickets so sometimes these clubs are booking people who charge a lot but they don't sell tickets so you end up having somebody come in um you pay them a lot but then you don't make any money at the fucking door and you don't sell tickets at the box office. So it's a fucking, you know, double, um, double fucking middle finger in that one. But Hey, but for whatever reason they don't want to give res- the resident thing a, a go um, it-, it should be more especially in Berlin they should do it more so but I don't really know why that isn't the case and um, it continues some underground venues still manage to keep the door fees low Oxy Berlin for example is operating on a donation only basis for their in-house events in knowledge that they having the affordable open door um, open for all affordable for all sorry door price that brings regular covers is better solution than having a higher ticket price but less people on the dance floor community spirit is then it's thin on the ground these days And it's better to club together than to push each other further apart. I quite like that model. I think that's quite cool. Oxy Berlin having these in house events, right? And then they have, hey, pay what you can afford at the door. That's pretty much, I I like that idea. If anything, forget to pay what you afford on the door, just have more in house events. And then obviously have the big, big events with big DJs coming in every once in a while. But fleshing your entire lineup full of just big names is always going to end in failure, really and truly, for the most part, because the fees are just too high. And the ones that cancel tickets are few and far between, and they just cycle through the same clubs. So that's what ends up happening a car back Fabric's a good example they try and do the whole thing of being more inclusive and stuff but unfortunately it looks like the the ones who really pay their bills are the same name to see all the time at fucking fabric and they can't not book them because they want to keep the lights on do you know what i mean so it kind of is what it is but i do like the fact that for the most part people in berlin berliners in general don't take the whole price hiking ticket thing lightly. you know what i mean they're angry they're pissed off and they vote with their feet and usually that kind of does bring about some level of change. They don't really put up with it um, because they're not used to it. Um, I feel like in the UK, we're just more used to it. Like, again, I'm, I'm used to legitimately used to paying 30 euros for most club nights, like even shitty ones. So it's not really that big of a deal for us anymore. We just kind of learn to kind of, you know, suck it up and kind of make it work. But I like that the guys over in Berlin don't make it work. They don't think it's fair. It kind of prices them out of clubbing. They usually change their interests and move somewhere else or move on to other things. Or... They bring about some level of change through protests and stuff. So it's good to see. And hopefully we'll see a change soon. But I don't think anytime soon because like I said, the, this past weekend just gone. kind just happened now and it was 60 Euro entry. 60 Euros. Imagine. And a 20 I think 20 euro re entry fee if I'm not mistaken. Let me actually see the picture. Maybe this person here is actually showing this Instagram picture, but I'm pretty sure the re entry fee was like 20 euros or something like that. I think I might have it on here. I think so. Yeah, I think it was 20 euros re entry can you imagine 20 euros 60 euros fucking crazy but still much cheaper than london i think london prices new year's eve i saw people paying 100 pounds to go for fucking some club so you know 100 you know 60 euros isn't 100 euros so you know count your blessings over there count your blessings cool um moving on for the fucking clubbing stuff i want to mention this because i feel like this needs to be said going forward, because I saw this topic on the Techno subreddit, one of my favourite ones on Reddit, and I wanted to talk about this, please. So, this person posted on the Techno subreddit the following. Do mainstream female DJs receive more criticism from community than their male counterparts? Interesting question, you'd think, right? Let's read the body. Obviously, there are some big female DJs that have earned respect to the community, um, and I've, heard much, I've never heard much criticism because of their undeniable talent. Um, examples are um, a person called I- An- Anfisa Letiagayo, Helena Half, Ellen Allian for example. But DJs like Amelie Lenz, Charlotte Wit, Nina Kravitz, Bless Madonna, Peggy Goo all seem to get a lot of unnecessary hate and unfounded accusations of ghost production. There's a clear difference to me between a DJ not being someone's cup of tea or taste and a regular misogynistic comment I see whenever DJs get brought up and no one seems to mind even though it's supposed to be the most inclusive community. Male DJs who have reached similar heights of success aren't without criticism and online jabbings as well, but they don't seem to carry the same vitriol I see with female DJs. Is there something I'm missing? I've seen every DJ I mentioned in his post and and was only really let down by bless Madonna since it was the most house set. So I moved on for another stage of the festival I was attending, but I definitely didn't leave thinking she was awful DJ that didn't deserve the recognition she received. I think this is a whole lot of shit because I've said it plenty of times before that. I just think in general, the DJ industry, the DJ scene, whatever, it's such a competitive industry there's so little opportunities there's so there's too many djs and enough opportunities so people have to do whatever it takes to get in and it's no surprise to me anyway as a up-and-coming you know underground fucking hobby dj guy that really and truly there's not a lot of like you know brotherhood sisterhood in the scene everyone's sort of like every man everyone for themselves but it makes sense because it's hard to get in and once you get in you find your little spot and you just keep it to yourself it makes complete sense but with that was going to obviously breed a lot of toxicity a lot of backstabbing a lot of fighting all this sort of shit but in general in general things haven't been better things haven't been better than they are now it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. You can make it. It's going to be hard, of course, like most things that are worth, that are worth having. It's going to be difficult, but you can make it. And if anything, I hope in 2024, we move on from this male-female fucking debate about DJs and stuff. And we just start talking about, are you good or are you shit? Because there's no excuses anymore. No one's going to be ribbing into you more because you're a woman, more because you have your tits out, more because your bums out than somebody else. Now people are going to be debating, are you good or are you shit? That's the main thing. And I think for some reason, there is a reluctance to just call out people who are shit. And sometimes, unfortunately, don't know why, maybe because they're so high profile, but there are some women DJs who are terrible, who are legitimately no better than people that you'd see in your local clubs. And it's probably local women in your clubs who far are far more deserving of those spots than them. Right. That's just how it is. We don't care. That's how the call crumbles. But I'm just fed up of the whole like male female debate thing because it really doesn't matter. If anything, if you're a woman or if you're, you know, if you're a woman nowadays, you probably have way more opportunity to make it than any other time in history most likely now. There's way more um, promotions out there that are geared more towards booking more women on lineups. There's way more agencies and booking talent agencies and shit that want to sign more people. There's way more promoters trying to diversify their lineups. There's way more appetite for it in the market. There is no barriers, really, that are really limiting you from actually getting involved as opposed to just what's going on in your head what you're allowing to yourself to listen to and shit. There are no more barriers. There's nothing really holding you back for the most part. If anything, if you just put your foot forward, if you actually just bet on yourself, if you actually choose yourself, if you actually back yourself, you can actually make it. But what's missing for me is a little bit of critique. What's missing for me is some honesty. What's missing for me is a love and dedication to the music. What's missing for me is an appreciation for the art form. What's missing for me is a, is this kind of connection with the audience. What's missing for me is authenticity. That is what's actually missing. And if we get back to just calling that shit out and raising the levels of people's ability to perform and provide a good show... Things would be far better as opposed to women and men. (laughs) It's like nobody gives a fuck. If anything, if anything, the one person, the one person out there who's actually the most marginalized and the most fucking overlooked, the most fucking not included, is probably guys that look like me. If I turned up to certain parties looking like Heady One, looking like Tion Wayne, Dressed like Central C, looking like Dave, I probably wouldn't get in. That's the funny thing. If I was dressing like some of those very well established, super successful, super rich UK rappers that a lot of those people in that scene don't know, if I turned up looking like those guys to some of the techno parties I go to, I guarantee you I wouldn't get in. That's the actual fucked up shit about the scene. Not the male women, it's it's all preaching exclusivity it's all preaching we are here to service the marginalized and it's a space for everybody is preaching all this shit but really and truly if it's a certain type of black they want it's a certain type of black guy they want if i dress like tion wayne if i dress like heady one if i come in looking like Burner boy i'm not getting in but if i dress a certain another way oh suddenly you're getting in now that's the main issue really that lack of real diversity and inclusion is maybe the reason why things are so stale on the dance floor, why it's a little bit like, you know, it's a little bit fucking, you know, a little bit salt and pepper, you know, it's a little bit spicy mayo, you know, it's not that great, maybe that's the reason why, but apart from that, Less focus on the male and female shit and more focus on the fucking quality of the work and the quality of the art form so we can all raise our levels together. That's what I personally think because I think this whole debate about male feeling is redundant. Even if you are a woman and you're getting criticism for your looks and shit, it's just the nature of the beast. Women on social media, unfortunately, get just way more attention Way more attention is going to bring way more input. Way more input is going to bring positive and negative. It's just the nature of the game. Unfortunately, it's what it is. if you don't want criticism, you don't want attention, you don't want people talking about your looks, wear a fucking veil when you DJ. I don't know what to tell you. It just kind of is the game of the game. And sometimes if you're smart, you can lean into it and make it work for your own, you know, for your own interest. But it's not really that deep. My personal opinion is it's not really that deep. What are you guys saying in the chat? So I'll see some comments here. Um, I heard burger was rented out by um Sean Puffy. <laughs> yeah, probably was. would not be surprised. Probably was. Um, fucking Bottega Veneta fucking rented it out that time in So yeah, would not be surprised if Puffy did rent it out. To be fair, um, he did some of his freak offs in the fucking. Oh, maybe I was in. Maybe I was in the same space that did 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 freak offs in. <gasps> maybe I. T- maybe I. Maybe I, without realizing, took part in a freak off. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> um, um podcast says wasn't um wasn't fragma a group of women djs that seemed to mess up in the late night is in turn I'm not, I'm not too sure to be on this pod- podcast um shout out peggy goo if you're gonna make a male gaze comment is that she's a babe not that she's a fake talent yeah but i think peggy is another good one as well she, she doesn't give a fuck she just keeps she just keeps on grinding um up fashion road man my guy what's good fashion road man bang your chest brother there are a lot of djs that build an audience based on being good looking rather than skill same as music artists but if you point it out all hell will break loose hence why people are scared to critique exactly uh, exactly and it's not a bad thing like i said there's too many djs not enough opportunities i myself am a good example of it i think i'm really fucking good i think i'm really really good at djing really really good but guess what I'm playing in my living room. <laughs> I'm playing on my fucking lap, all right? And there's a lot of people who are probably better than me who don't even play on their fucking lap. They are playing their head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They don't even have any fucking MIDI controllers. There's just too many of us. No, so, so if that's the case, I don't blame you if you're, a, if you're a girl. If you're a woman, if you're a woman and you're born mildly attractive and you have an interest in DJing, why wouldn't you use your looks to get in? It's so hard to get in. Why wouldn't you? I don't blame you. But then when you get in with your looks and then you start complaining that everyone's commenting on your looks, it's like, come on, bro. If anything, it's a very complicated thing to kind of navigate. Because I feel like if you have good looks and you get in via that way, good. But you have to be very purposeful to kind of pivot away from it. You can't let that be your whole identity. And I think Nina Kravitz is a good example of it. Nina Kravitz has always been kind of sexy, sultry, mysterious, always has a, you know, she's always kind of got that like, she's always kind of got that half cocked mouth open, right? That little kind of like inviting, but not inviting. Like you, you can kiss me or I might bite you type of thing. But she's always been also an artist. Like, yes, people can look at her and think, okay, she looks attractive, but she's always been an artist. I feel like it's Intentional. You have to be conscious of that well i feel like nowadays i think because the money's so good you know if you, you see some of these girls in ibiza who are legit models right who happen to dj i don't blame them for just like standing behind a booth in a bikini because why not some guys probably gonna pay you you know what 20 grand 20 euros to stand behind a, a dj booth with a, with a bikini on and just fucking look pretty and dance a bit why the fuck wouldn't you do it But obviously, if you want a long term future in the industry, you have to be careful because if you keep sending out those signals, you're not too, you know, don't be surprised if you get back some bad energy, you know, whether it's fucking weird promoters trying to touch you up, people in the crowd getting handsy, weird DMs, like it just invites a a weird energy. You have to be very conscious about it, you know? Like, very, very conscious about it. And I bet it's the same thing with men. Maybe it's not the same level, but I think it's probably the same thing, you know? If if a cute guy DJ goes to a gay club, I'm sure, you know, they probably fucking try and chew him up like he's fucking... What do you I mean? Like he's a piece of fucking kiwi. So it is what it is. Um, big up, um Dara, Dara You'd Find, who says, as a black raver myself, I agree 100% with you what you're saying about inclusivity. Raving in places like Madrid, um for example where the crowd's primarily white you feel judged for being black most times exactly there we go dara there we go honestly bro like i've i've honestly felt so sometimes performative and like cringe and inauthentic when i've been to these places especially places like berlin because you clearly see like what what's going on you see the type of like black they want. Especially guys. Like there's a particular type of black they want. Like that kind of like Theophilus London kind of avatar. You know? You know what I mean? Like that kind of like, you know, you got the fucking hat. You got the little weird pose. You got the shitty fucking, you know, illustration tattoos and shit, you know? Weird nails. You know, like they want that caricature. But if I came in there in a tracks like in a tracksuit and shit, suddenly I'm not I'm not the right person for the for the place why because of what I'm wearing like that's what, like do, do you know what I mean it's like so then so, then you, so, then, so then you end up seeing you end up trying to like perform and play to get in to be accepted but then you also feel like hold on like I'm not being myself here do you know what I mean it's it's a weird thing it's a very very strange thing you feel very unauthentic you almost feel like a you must feel kind of like fake you know like it's just odd it's a weird feeling to honestly I'm not going to lie it's very very strange And I've always felt like, again, because I I love those spaces. I want to be in those spaces. I purposely go there because I like their parties. I like what they do. But you always feel like you have to kind of like perform and show up and like look a certain way for them to like feel comfortable around you. Because one thing is when I go raving, I don't like to like, you know, I'm really a big dude. I don't want to like take up space and like give out weird energies. I kind of want everyone to feel comfortable around me. So if I'm in there and everyone's like grabbing their bags or like looking at you weird or like, it's just, it makes you makes me feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I want to be comfortable. I kind of want to feel like I'm not being seen. I want to, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Jacob Elodie. You know that picture of Jacob Elodie where he's always sitting on chairs and he acts like he's small. Like people were saying in the meme, right? He always sits like he's petite. I want to like, i don't want to look like the way i look i want to kind of blend in in my face i'm like uh in my head i'm like a very light-skinned very very like frail small little man but but in person i have this big face this big body and shit and i'll take up a lot of room so maybe that's my problem. isn't it, I kind of have, just have to. I have to come to. I have to come to terms with who I actually am. <laughs> that's the, that's the truth of it. I have to come to terms with who I actually fucking am, man. And what I am is a mess. Okay, moving on from that. Moving on from that final clubbing thing. This is courtesy of LSD XOX. So he has declared no more techno in 2024 and you know what as much as this guy has ulterior motives for saying this because you know i reported before on the pod he had that really fucking interesting passer with some of the fucking burghine people when you accuse them of being racist honestly i love lsdx so he's fucking the best he said yeah racist you guys are racist you know he really fucking threw a wrench in their fucking work and got them all fucking in the tizzy in the forums and stuff but i kind of get what he's saying because in general i have to be honest like we've had a really good time in london with clubs Clubs are pretty good now in terms of the parties. No, sorry. The clubs are okay, but the parties are the best. Obviously, Fold's still the best club. Venue MOT might be the second best. Maybe Color Factory also. There's not a lot of great clubs, really. One only in Fold. The rest of them are kind of occupying the same sort of like second to third tier. But we have a lot of great parties of great promoters and stuff doing great events. Obviously, keep talking about hotbox all the time. But Hotbox London, one of the, my favorite events I've been to in London so far. Great, doing amazing things for the most part, right? Love it, love it, love it, love it. But even I have to be even I have to confess, I'm getting kind of tired of techno. Especially the same boring <laughs> version of techno. Everyone's wearing a harness. Everyone's got Dr. Martin boots on. Everyone looks really serious and dark. Everyone's got fucking dark eyeshadow on. Crazy hair. Weird tattoos and shit. Like the fucking techno Viking dance. I'm tired of it. The techno shuffle. I'm tired of it. No groove. No fucking rhythm. Just straight. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, come on, enough. There's not enough love, sensitivity, subtlety. You know, just bounce. It's just all the same shit. And I have to be honest, I'm kind of bored of it myself. There's probably, I know if I'd ever say this, there's probably too much techno in London right now. And probably too much of that dark black techno shit around in general. It's just a bit too much for me. And probably Berlin's a good example of it. They probably have too much techno. I want to see an introduction of a little bit more house. Some disco. Some new disco some jazz, even, even, even if you don't want to go that far, even if you don't want to go that far, how about some electro, it's techno adjacent, some electronic body music, EBM, it's adjacent, drum and bass, it's adjacent, jungle adjacent, but at least it just gives you a different type of vibe, because now I'm starting to understand why people like EDM, I'm not gonna lie, now I'm starting to get it, Because at least with EDM, you get different types of vibes. You might get the EDM where it's like, it sounds like a football stadium. You might get the EDM that sounds like a festival. You might get EDM with your favorite hip hop track, with your favorite pop sample. Like, it gives you different kind of vibes. But with fucking techno, it's just, uh, 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 uh. it's just the same fucking shit. So formulaic, bro especially nowadays with the whole fucking super fast tempo with the whole euro trash shit it's just now i honestly i used to take the piss out of edm parties and raves but now i get the edm thing even though it's a bit corny and cringe and whatever at least they give you different flows different vibes you get you get something there you see a production there's fucking leds and screen projections and stuff and like you know augmented reality type of shit going on at least you get some fun you see fucking cute girls in little skimpy outfits and stuff and boys with their tops off going oh right gurning like at least it's a vibe at least at least whereas the techno is like the same old fucking shit again and again and again and again and again so maybe i agree with LSDXOxo here maybe no techno 2024 and maybe 2024 as he says here is about jungle jazz and r&b especially r&b when's the last time you've been to a nightclub and you heard r&b when when and we might have some of the best type of r&b to play in the nightclub now right all this fucking you know singing underwater type of shit Right? Like R and B now occupies what? BPMs of like eighty to one ten nowadays. It's not even as slow as it used to be. Right? Most R and B now, you can probably there's probably a scissor track out there that's like hundred and twenty BPM. Probably. You could probably play a scissor track that's 120 BPM now. So why don't we hear more R and B? Exactly. You know why we don't hear more R and B? Because there's not enough black people on the fucking dance floor that's why eh? it all comes back around we were kings where are we eh? you're not gonna get groove and shit on the dance floor are you right fucking you know i'm not gonna say their names but you know hector oaks ain't hector oaks ain't gonna fucking play summer walker is he let's be real right hector oaks is not gonna fucking play frank ocean so you need me, you need us fucking kings uh, to fucking play it. So maybe at least, at least the so has a point there. You feel me? Oh, fed up. Tired. I'm bored. Crazy. Anyway, moving on from that, moving on from that. We need to talk about Playboy Carti. Playboy Carti maybe dropped the best of the YouTube singles that he's been putting out lately. And um, for some reason, they're not available on streaming platforms. He's just been dropping them on his YouTube. But the best one dropped the other day called "Back Backrooms featuring Travis Scott. I personally think it's probably Travis Scott's best feature in a while. I don't think he has good features personally I think Travis Scott has been on a bit of a dip I don't think Utopia was that great um, He's just not been Vibing the way that I've been enjoying him in the past But I think Back Rooms with Travis Scott Legitimately Might be one of the best Might be one of the best um, Travis features I've heard in a while But in general, this is maybe one of my Favourite Playboy Carty tracks From the whole drop that he's been doing And I cannot wait for the fucking album To drop
1: Face on my face, won't. Bitch, tryna chase, will I ain't never flake, will Tell me where the take, will Tell me where the tape will Grab the of duct tape. We're not saying game won't. Alright, baby, won't. We're flying game will you too insane on the hoes. I took on my mask, you know. They mad on high, she's out, loud. And the hoes are fucking the hoes. Be right, on me, psycho. You know what I know, I your hope. because some so sipping flamingo. I was in spite yesterday with my pops, my grandma I still playing bingo. Needs one prime with the game, but I don't know why, but we gon' dunk her. Shaking my dress in her face, this fishing a little vibe, put her on my phone. Fuck out of talking, we popping yeah. this shit right now here. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I was designed to I can't feel myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a trend type, so I'm trying to power. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, hey, the one time that I'm, I'm one time that I'm out. Fuck all these bitches and boxes, All of these hoes are yeah, hot. I'm walking around a lot. How does it feel with them nuts? Bitch, these bitches. I don't give oh, well, much. I think I need me a fuck about much. I think I need me an ice spice. You need me a much.
0: You hear that? You hear that? I think I need me, me an ice spice. spice. Yeah, I'm in a I much. I much. I don't give a fuck about much. I think I need me an ice spice. Yeah, i need me a much.
1: To the middle of fear, hey, throw me a bomb, throw it, be like callback. Stand in fear, hold me a bomb, throw it, a like call it back. Stand in fear, hold me a bomb, throw it a callback. back. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Throw it like 12, just yeah. 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 like yeah. so you know we don't fuck with 12. 12. Not in this bitch by myself, but I'm That's by myself. Yeah. They got money on your top, who say you yeah, can't buy hell. Hell. Yeah. I'm feeling like Joe or something, like Turf squad, we blowing Let something. She's probably there she is digging a working, but they ain't doing
0: Nelson. nothing. Wow. She's doing no zipping, trying to be different, trying to be a newer woman. No. Look, if you need a dick, you need to move on. Anyway, you get the gist. You get the gist, right? Slap 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 slapper. Slap slap slapper. But the best thing about the video Playboy Carter's outfit. Playboy Carter's outfit the best thing about the video. He's wearing a junior Watanabe Women's ripstop dress with a hood, maybe one of the hardest looks I've seen in a while. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw the video, my initial reaction was that I thought it was Simona Rocker, right? Simone Rocker. I thought it was a Simone Rocker dress, and I thought, you know what? There's not enough twit. There's not enough like twill and you know um, ruffles and you know lace. It's not, you know, if you know Simone Rocker, you know that's what it was. Then I thought it was Sakai because Sakai sometimes does these like really big bulbous kind of like dress things because I remember there's a trend nowadays again this is going to be mean but it's a the truth there's a trend nowadays with like fashion girlies that are a bit fat if you're a fat fashion girl but you want to look trendy they do this thing now which I quite like where they wear these really big skirts And then they wear like trainers, like foam posits, or they wear like Martin Rose Nikes. Like that's what they kinda do now. And they have these like really nice like cargo skirt things, or like they have like a bomber jacket type of skirt. You know the vibe, but if you know if you know clothes, you know what I'm talking about. It's a trend for all the fat girls. So I thought maybe it was one of those kind of brands and they made like a dress that kind of, you know, you could pull whatever it may be. But I didn't realise it was junior. It's actually fucking junior, which makes sense, because the last three or four collections from Junior Watanabe, they've mostly been black anyway and they've all had these weird kind of like dressy shirty things where it kind of looks like a really big shirt like an like cuz this as much as it's a dress it could also be like a really elongated like vest and you could also wear it really down to your to your legs or you could obviously pull it up by the By the fucking, you know, by the pool, by the elastic fucking things to make it a little bit shorter. So it kind of works both ways. And then he's also wearing the Balenciaga um, biker boots, which I have to be honest, I'm not the big fan. The most thing I hate about these biker boots is the toe. They're just too pointy for me. I don't like how pointy they look, you know? That's the only thing I don't like about them. They're just too pointy. Like, I hate how pointy they are. Um, but obviously, the shape of the boots, obviously, great, but I just don't like how pointy. I wish they would be, I wish they'd be a little bit more rounded. I know actual motorcycle boots have to be kind of a little bit pointy, but I don't like how pointy they are. They kind of look too much, you know? There's too much point there for me personally. Um, maybe they're a little bit too cowboy boot looking wise, but I thought the fucking outfit was fucking brilliant. Wearing that fucking dress in this video was so fucking hard, especially with the girls in the office room like twerking and shit like randomly. I thought it was fucking brilliant. So love the look from Carti. Love the approach. Love the fact that he's um, you know, the voice inflection has changed. No more baby voice for the most part. Um, the singles dropping on YouTube is an interesting approach instead of doing normal singles, um, you know, on fucking streaming platforms and stuff. Not too sure what the vibe is about that either going forward. I'm not sure if they've even been included in the fucking are they even there let's see if it's got the fucking has they been have they been added to the fucking streaming thing when you click more you can usually see if they've been included to like a streaming platform thing no not nothing there okay cool i guess maybe not so it does look like it's even been so maybe these might be throwaways you know this might not even be an actual tune on the album this might this might actually be an actual throwaway record which is way scarier because it's actually really fucking good so big up carty enjoyed the fucking tune can't wait for the album to come out it's meant to be coming out the 12th i think so far um so good um hoping it does drop on the 12th and um, because i'm really looking forward to checking it out i'm not gonna lie I'm really looking forward to checking it out so big up big up carti cool moving on from carti i won't check out this video because i haven't actually watched it yet but a few people recommended me to check it out so this is courtesy of vogue germany and it features the one and only peggy goo she did a Feature called In The Bag um, with Ferragamo, I guess. The funny thing about these features is that when they first started, I feel like the In, the, in My Bag thing or In The Bag thing was sort of similar to like um, Everyday Carry. Do you remember that? There was, a, there was a time when people would do Everyday Carry. I think that was from like Super Feature Forum where basically you would um, take a picture of the stuff that you have in your pockets or in your bag and shit. And there'd be a chance for people to check out what people carry, what type of bags they have you know little tools and utilities and shit they may use or whatnot um and i guess this is maybe a a, a development of that thing going forward especially we know how women's handbags can be multi-purpose and shit the only thing i don't like about it is that it feels like this might be a sponsored thing it felt like Ferragamo are now it feels like the brands are now getting involved and sponsoring these things which is a bit lame because then it means that it's not, you know, it's not real. You know, you don't, you know, it's a bag that you've only do it. You're only doing it because the bag you got is free. And uh, it kind of makes it, there's no need. Basically, there's no need for a brand to sponsor it. It'd be much better done organically um, because the bag sells itself because I watch the fucking show. I like the person who's doing the thing, the in the bag thing. The bag looks like it fits a lot of shit in it. It's my kind of size. i buy it anyway. You don't really need to sponsor it. You know what I mean, you kind of ruin the magic uh you know spontaneity of this fucking show by sponsoring it but you know maybe i'm talking out of turn and it's not but it feels like a it feels like a ferragama ad but let's see it anyway and see what peggy has in her bag does she carry around a pair of headphones like every other dj in the world does she have a spare usb stick in her handbag just in case someone needs it to dj somewhere is that a thing let's see i'm curious let's see <sighs>
2: Hi Vogue, this is Peggy Goo and today I'm going to show you what's in my bag.
0: See, it's a sponsored thing, isn't it? There's no need, man. Like, she just, she, she doesn't even know the fucking model of the bag. Come on, girl. Come on. They literally just gave it to her before she started filming. <laughs> Fair play though, man. What a life, isn't it? It's what a possible. life. She not only gets fucking DJ money, she also gets fashion, like proper fashion with a capital F money. That's why people, that's why the comments hate her probably. That's why all these guys in the comments hate her. She is kegged up, like ridiculously caked up. She is a booked and busy girl. Like for real. Like for real, for real. You know what I mean? Like they're paying her to do this Ferragamo thing. Like she's a, Like, she's a fucking um, K-pop star or something. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of level of fame. Well, she probably is, to be honest. I think the metrics probably would agree. Like, this woman's paid. Headphone, obviously. If you don't know, I'm
2: a DJ. And uh, I like to organize my music. I've can.
0: i heard conflicting reports, though, about the Apple AirPod AirPod Maxes. Um, I've heard some people say they're horrible headphones to wear to the gym. I've heard some people say that if you own the ones that I have, I have like Sony, whatever, I have the Mark 4s, right? The overhead ones. No, the Mark 3s, actually, overhead one, Mark 3s. And I've heard that if you have a decent set of like noise-canceling headphones anyway, that you'll notice that these aren't much better because I think they're like, they're the most expensive ones or really high up, I think they're like 500. But regular ones from like Bose or Sony are around the 200, 300 mark and they're just as good if not better sound wise so that's the thing i've heard about them they're not good for the gym and the sound isn't that great that's what i've heard but let's not deny they look really good you know the design of them is just so incredibly well done like that whole metal steel cup ear cup thing how the band sits and shit the only thing i don't like about them personally is that they don't fold well and you have to carry that really naff Actually, you know what? That pan bag kind of looks like a a, a a bigger version of the bag you have to carry for those ugly the AirPod Max ugly bag. It kind of looks like a bigger version of it. But that's the only thing I don't like about it. They don't fold in themselves.
2: Block every sound. Of course I am Korean, so I always carry a face mask.
0: Was that another ad? <laughs> she's got she's sponsored by Face Mask Companies. Yo, Peggy's paped up, bro. Peggy, man, share some of the wealth, baby. God damn. You're getting face mark sponsors? Shit.
2: (laughs) Missed the most from Korea is my beauty treatment.
0: For a girl in her, what, late 20s, early 30s, I don't know how old she is, and to be a professional DJ and a party girl, she does look immaculate. Face is facing, right? Let's not deny. The face is fucking facing. That doesn't look like a girl that parties. So maybe that stuff does actually work. All that Korean... face skincare regimes they have because they're fucking crazy with the skincare crazy with the fucking health and beauty and shit hair and makeup all that sort of malarkey maybe that actually does work because for somebody that's always in nightclubs for somebody that doesn't sleep normal hours for somebody that maybe drinks a lot for somebody that might do some drugs for somebody that's always out and about you know different people spitting on you all that stuff she does look really good face like that is like You know, almost (laughs) porcelain-looking face. Like, there's a reason. Maybe we should listen to her when it comes to skin.
2: Because I'm always on the road a lot, and I like to take care of myself. Uh I go to gym every day. Uh I'm very into healthy stuff.
0: Ah, that probably explains why then, eh? Here's me thinking she's caning it behind the DJ booth, right? With fucking, you know, all the other DJs. But she's actually doing press-ups in the green room. She's doing fucking burpees and stuff before she gets up. And she doesn't sit. She's fucking doing burpees. Maybe that's why she looks so good. Maybe she's having a ginger shot instead of having a fucking shot of Jagermeister. Who knows?
2: So one of the things that I always put on my rider is ginger shot. I think it oh, helps you. Look in at your that! System. I
0: just said it. That's what she actually does. She's actually drinking. Okay, so this is the this is what I'm getting fucked up about. I'm thinking when you're DJing and I'm at the booth and I'm doing my thing that I should be going behind the behind the fucking booth having a quick line and popping back up again when in actuality i should be going down there to have a shot of my fucking ginger shot and then pop back up again because in the morning i'm gonna look like fucking peggy i'm gonna look like i'm fucking 18 but i'm 29 you know that's what you fucking want to do okay i get it now i get it
2: Lemon I mean, is it's also good for your thyroid and throat um yeah it just this one has ginger lemon grapefruit.
0: Wow. That's all. She doesn't have fucking pills in there. No MD, no 2CB, nothing else. All she has in those fucking medicine things are what? Magnesium, vitamin D, I'm assuming. Um What else? She might have one of those turmeric fucking pills in there. This woman's pretty much, she's quite, I wonder if she's sober. No, wonder if she, I'm wondering, maybe that's why she looks that way. Uh, here's me thinking she's fucking, she's doing fucking You know, she's listening to fucking House of Balloons before she goes to a DJ set and doing a quick line before she goes and plays and then, you know, waving her hair in the fucking air and shit. But no, she's actually DJing like it's a job. That's why she's so paid up maybe, isn't it? She treats it like a fucking job. She gets on stage. She smiles. She she dances. She fucking plays Starry Night like it's the first time because she's a pro. There is no funny shit going on in there. The bag is full of ginger shots, face marks, and fucking zinc tablets. Pick up, Peggy Goo. Fuck.
2: Also, another way of taking care of myself at the moment—it changes every day, right? But at the moment, what's really important for me is
0: magnesium. Oh, I've been traveling a lot, and I magnesium, was magnesium baby. Stressed. Oh, and little fucking Peggy Goo Wolverine out here, right? Peggy Goo Wolverine. And it helps me to relax. Uh huh. Sleeping well, eating
2: well pooing Uh well sorry maybe i shouldn't say that the three thing that asian always take is super super important
0: sleeping eating pooing we love it we stand we stand a girl that can shit properly we stand a girl whose bowels are shitting who are just loose and not for any butt play just for pure slavetness so you can just fit into those fucking luebe jeans you know those high-rise luebe jeans that look like they're 32, but they're actually a 29, you can fit into those because your bowels just go That's what you do, innit? How else do you think she gets into a Ferragamo fucking tailored suit? Of course, bitch you guessed it, The shit drops out. If
2: you do it well, your happiness level goes up. And I always try to sleep minimum eight hours. And you can really tell the difference if I didn't have a good sleep.
0: How does she sleep eight hours? How does she sleep eight hours a day if she DJs?
2: And I have a collagen jelly.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> More you Yeah, eat- she looks used as well. Fuck it, you. You become younger. <laughs> I know you're interested in what's in my bag, but I can also talk about what my team carries for me all the time.
0: Wow, bro. Imagine. She has a team that carries her bags. You know what? I think a lot of DJ hate thing, as much as it might be the ghost producing thing and the whole whatever, some people thinking women have it easier. I just think the disparity between DJs is fucking crazy because I just, I think, if you had to grade DJs, right, there's probably, I think i said it before, there's like probably three tiers. Let's say ABC. And within each tier, there's probably two tiers. Two sub-tiers in each tier. Or maybe three. No, let's say there's two sub-tiers in each tier. So, if you are in group B, but you're in B3, there's a big difference between a B3 DJ's lifestyle and an A2 DJ's lifestyle. Or an A3. You know, like there's a difference. So, I think the main reason why she gets a lot of hate is that she plays on lineups with people who are B1, B2, C1, C2, and their lives are completely different. She rolls up to a DJ booth and she has assistants carrying her bags. Those people in C2 and 3 and shit had to carry their bag on their shoulder full of vinyls or whatever from the airport all the way to the venue on their own no assistance no nothing while trying to eat while trying to charge their phone call their mom like find their way get an uber that's the difference that's maybe the reason why she gets hate, because she rolls up to her venue in a fucking um mercedes minivan thing the one the kardashians use the doors open to her side the chair does that as well she doesn't have to step out the chair like spins and looks out to the to, to the pavement, and then she walks out, you know? She probably has somebody put her USB stick into the fucking CDJ, <laughs> and load it as well, and go, you know, playlist, you know? Like, somebody even does that, presses the playlist button, creates, plugs in her headphones into the, old, into the headphone jack, and then she just puts them on perfectly, you know? That's probably the reason why she gets, hey, I, I bet you that's the reason, because the disparity is so crazy. Even though they're all in the same lineup they're all professionals they're all getting booked she's just on another level because who else gets who's getting ferragamo fucking bo- like come on my team carries my bags what a fucking genius i love her them is the snapback it's like carrying a
2: kid's if I, my energy is low, if I get hungry, if I get hangry, they have to always have snacks for me. Day!
0: Day! She has a team of more than one person. It's actually sometime, it's a big surprise, you know.
2: I don't know what's inside sometimes. It's, that's the best feeling. Truffle chips, because I like something expensive. Ginger shot. Pocky, actually... It's called Pepero in Korea. It was Pepero Day on the 11th of November. You know, it's like Valentine's when you give chocolate
0: to someone that you love. She eats a lot, innit? For someone as tiny as her, she's always snacking shit. How does she keep all that sh- weight off? Is it the old uh, bolimi, eh? Is it the old two-finger, is it the old organic ozempic going on there? What's the deal? <laughs> How does she stay so s- Slim maybe it's a gym every day but she fucking snacks a lot in it that's a bag full of shit god damn
2: salty at the same time like if you start one you can't stop it's like a cheese ball. <laughs> i can't really translate this in in uh, english but it's a protein bar but it's kind of korean snack protein bar i love protein bars It's one of those snacks that you start, you can't stop. And you
0: wish. She has such an interesting action, isn't it? Such such an interesting action. Like, her accent is really interesting, where it's like, there's moments where it's like, incredibly Korean. And then it kind of like, I don't even know what it sounds like. If it's like, maybe it's German. I don't know if it's even, maybe it's European. It's not even German specific. It's like, Swiss, Dutch, you know? Interesting accent. Maybe that's a benefit of like growing up international. Like she went to international, like, it's, like you can hear in certain words, it sounds Korean. Like she's got that Korean. like I don't have to even, try, I don't even do it. But it's an interesting amalgamation, you know, hodgepodge of an accent. It's very international school. But again, it's not even German. It feels just European. It's like a Europe. It's like an Asian European accent.
2: You have another one. sunglasses this is actually my sunglasses at the my favorite sunglasses at the moment it's from botega
0: these <laughs> my favorite sunglasses of the moment Bottega. <laughs> of course they weren't gonna be ray-bans were they eh they weren't gonna be some sunglasses from the fucking airport right no way <laughs> she's so rich that's why people hate her i think she's just so fucking fil- like you can just look look at her she looks like a character from what's that thing called was it parasite she looks like one of the characters from parasite she's just so ridiculously wealth not even rich she's wealthy like you can just tell how she sits how she talks like this is a woman that's never had to worry about a bill in her entire life like legit like She's ne- she, she she doesn't even know what auto pay means. Direct debit, what? It's just things just get paid for. Like money's just there. Like there is there's never been a moment where she's had to like split a sandwich. <laughs> what? Look at her, bro. Like this woman is cut that's why the hate doesn't bother her. What hate, man? What are you talking about? I can buy your lives. All of you peasants. You know? Legit. Legit come on bro these are probably you see these these couches right I forgot who the designer is but they're very expensive these are probably her chairs that she puts out in her garden they probably got rain these are like you know these are probably her her version of ladders <laughs> if we steps all over them they're like nothing uh, I have a few of these in Korea a few in storage you know a few getting reupholstered oh those sunglasses is not also I, I love the fact that the, the Ferragamo bag was a big thing And then she brought out a tote bag Like it's like come on Doesn't even care about a sponsor Who cares man They're still going to pay me anyway Bring the tote bag out Not
2: really for daytime anymore You can wear anytime you want And actually I always wear them
0: 24-7 Well props to her though as well for that I'm going to say this And now I'm going to be ignorant and someone's going to correct me but props to her for also resisting the urge to get work done. Now, she probably might have some done. But again, I'm a, I'm a man, a straight man. I have no idea what work looks like for the most part. I'm very naive when it comes to shit. But props to her for not fucking with her face. Because the temptation probably is there. Especially from the country she comes from, the industry she works in, the fact that she's, you know, in fashion as well. I'm sure the temptation is there, but big up her for resisting the urge.
2: In other world, the self-esteem is not as high,
0: but I feel like it's... Changed. She looks natural to me. She looks natural to me. Okay, that's what matters.
2: Changing, you know, Western people, I feel like they care less of what other people think. This is something I cannot live without it. What is that? It's, my, it's the eyeliner. I try to use different eyeliner every time. And this from Pat McGrath is the best one. It stays whole day. So it's perfect when you go to festival. Actually too. Or when you go out in general. I know a lot of people probably carry this in their bag. This is my film camera Contax T3 which are...
0: Of course! <laughs> everything she has is so expensive it's so the only thing that's not expensive in the hit that she carries is like the snacks and shit right that's about it but everything else she owns is just so money love it I love it man she's fucking paid are
2: I think in my opinion the best film camera
0: I always carry
2: Peggy goods which are my merch brand this one is a hat that we made is it's like, na nah, nah. you can wear it like this. It looks... You can also wear it like...
0: I love how she never knows what's inside her bag, really. Like, why did she pull out the bag? She didn't even know it was a hat. What did she think it was? A T-shirt? This is a hat? <laughs> it's like, Don't you know what you have in your own bag?
2: I think, in my opinion, the best film camera. I always carry Peggy goods, which are my merch brand. This one is... Um, hat that we make is you can wear it like this you can also wear it like this a bit of a cowboy hat vibe
0: yay we bike we bike okay it seems like Peggy Goo and Vogue got me taken down they got me taken down temporarily but we back like cook crack okay we fucking back Peggy will tell me that um, incorrectly, so um, I'm not going to watch the video, right? I'm just going to not watch it. I don't want to get taken down, but I'm going to scrub around and see other bits that I could have maybe missed out on. So she was talking about a hat we just talked about. I don't know what she's talking about over here. Um, Continuing on, what's she talking about here? What's this? Is that chopsticks? No, I thought, okay, it's just headphones. So I thought she was talking about some chopsticks there. Uh, my bad. Um, what she got? She got some sort of mist in her hand now. She's spraying, maybe some it mist. Is that like a sweet potato? She carries. Okay, this is fucking nonsense. She's got, she carries sweet potato in her bag at all times, right? Okay, cool. Anything else? Um, sweet potato, yam. What else does she have? I don't know. That's it really. Um, yeah, not the most entertaining thing in the world, but you know, she tried. So big up Peggy Goo inside her bag we'll leave it there we'll fucking leave it there okay cool bless great that's all we're gonna do um and i think for the most part that might be it actually let's do a couple more let's do this actually because there are some new things i wanted to quickly show you here regarding where is it again where is they go cool so um this is courtesy of high Stability, featuring the up-and-coming air jordan spring 2024 collection that we are going to be seeing later on this year now personally i have to be honest i'm kind of tired of jordan retros i'm not gonna lie as much as i love a good jordan 4 a good jordan 1 a good jordan 3 a 6 a 7 I'm just bored of the silhouettes in general. Even the re, like the last ones, I'm probably going to be buying, and really going crazy for are the reimagined Jordan Four Breads. I'm just tired of the rest of them. I'm just tired. I'm just want something new and fresh. It's the same silhouettes, different colorways every fucking year. It's just boring now, man. It's like they try. Ch- they keep trying to make you care about colorways of the of the same shoe you've owned in various iterations over the year. It's just like, come on, enough. But Let's check it out anyway. Jordan Spring 2024 lineup um, has sprung courtesy of High Let's see what's available. So in the new year, we're going to be seeing a pair of Jordan Retro High OGs in black and white. So you've got the white um, heel tab with the collar and the white toe box. Eh, not really for me, to be honest. Not really too great on those ones. You've got Jordan um, High 85 Retro. I think the 85 meaning the collar's a bit higher, right? I'm assuming they're a bit higher in terms of the collar size when it comes to the 85 compared to the regular high OG, but I'm not really sure if I'm right in that. But the 85 is quite a nice one, to be fair. It comes this metallic burgundy colorway, mostly white upper, metallic burgundy swoosh, burgundy outsole, and a burgundy hit here on the collar. I kind of like these, I'm not going to lie they look really really cool um really simple really sleek and yeah just really look, would look great especially in the summer with a pair of shorts on so i love them you got jordan one retro low no thank you i think jordan one's lows in general should be banned i think they should be banned outright you should never have a jordan one low a jordan one low is just as bad as a team jordan I swear to god they're just horrible the shape looks disgusting it looks cheap it looks budget it looks like they're trying to save material they look rank i don't even like wearing normal dunk lows, let alone a jordan one low do you know what I mean no thank you so pass on that one you got jordan retro high in a yellow and ocre which again i'm not really too fond of either even though the yellow ocre kind of whatever color it is is on it doesn't some, some sway which is not really use, use usual on the jordan one which is quite a nice little twist so you've got a nice little mix of like suede new bucky type of material on the mud guard and the heel tab and the light and you know the um lace stays and stuff and the color that's pretty a nice little iteration there i'm not really too mad at that but overall not really for me um you've got another one here jordan high retro metallic gold again i'm all over these nice simple colorway similar to the metallics base basically flipped with the gold you've got jordan four retro jordan Three retro in ivory I'm not too fond of these either. I don't really think that clear outsole on the Jordan 3 works. I don't really think so. I think the model of the Jordan 3 is too bulbous to work with a clear outsole. It just makes them look unnecessarily too chunky. Maybe I'm being a little bit too picky, but I just don't think it works too well in that way. So I'm not really a fan of those. The Jordan 4 Metallic Gold I love. Actually, I'm not too mad at these. They kind of remind me a little bit of the Off-White Jordan. Um, RIP Virgil, the sale colorway. It's sort of like a, a flip on that. Um, unfortunately, I think these are women's. So that's a really annoying thing. So they're not even going to be available in men's sizes. But that's a really nice Jordan colorway, to be fair. Um, especially, you don't really get Jordan 4 colorways in men's that are like tonal, like this, like in that one ivory tone across of it. So I quite like it. And the uh, gold hits here on the lace days are quite nice as well. Um, then you've got my favorite pair coming. The Jordan 4 Retro Bread Reimagined. As you know, I'm, the Jordan 4 is one of my favorite models of all time when it comes to Nike. It's flat out one of Tinker Hatfield's best designs ever. And they reimagined these. So basically, these have been made to spec when they originally did come out in the 80s. And from what I can tell about the shape, just looking at these Jordan 4s compared to the one above, you can just tell the shape is a bit different right in terms of how sleek and how you know almost triangular they look compared to the one above there so they've been made to spec that's how they were made originally when they came out and the the lever here you got this lovely tumbled lever the shape is amazing and just yeah i can't wait to get these on my feet these are going to be fucking incredible i'm actually looking forward to buying more than one pair maybe two maybe even three pairs and having the rest on ice ready to go when i beat these. because i'm going to beat these into the ground i'm going to fucking beat these into the ground i'm gonna be wearing them every single day i love to bread jordan 4s one of my favorite models of all time so i can't wait for those to drop um then we've got a pair of jordan 5 retro lucky greens i'm not really the biggest jordan 5 guy so i'll pass on those don't care jordan 5s again don't give a fuck um jordan 6s i'm a big fan of so i quite like these um yellow and ochre. actually not too bad a little bit trap starry but not too bad about those Jordan 9, Powder Blue again not too shabby um maybe you know if i wore baggier shit in general i could rock these but i just feel like with my size 11 feet they might look a little bit too long but yeah not too mad at those jordan 313 in cool gray i'm not really too fan full of 13s you got 14 retro love letter Oof, these are definitely not for me um then you've got a pair of 14 flint greys not for me either and that rounds it up so for me mostly the judah Four reimagining bread is definitely my standout and obviously some of the metallic Jordan ones but that reimagined that baby is gonna be fucking mine you are gonna be mine one way or another, I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you, one way or another, I'm gonna wear you, the Jordan 4-4, reimagine, you know, (laughs) one way, I'm gonna fucking get you in me, I'm gonna get you on me, I swear on my life, anyways, my friends, that has been The Agostino Zynga Show, episode number 734. 734. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have your company once again. But for now, thank you for tuning into The Agostino Zynga Show, episode number 734. It's been a pleasure to have your company. As I told you previously, I have a bonus episode of the fucking stuff that I do on Patreon available now on my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Agostino you can subscribe on there for as little as one dollar per month one dollar per month subscribe on there and you'll find my brand new Patreon episodes available I'm going to be dropping Patreon episodes on my Patreon. Agostino zinger Show bonus Patreon fucking page at patreon.com for Agostino every Wednesday and Sunday. Every Wednesday and Sunday, you're going to get one piece of content, two pieces of content per week every Wednesday and Sunday. The first one is a live reaction to Dave Chappelle's The Dreamer. Please check it out if you can. And of course, I've got a new DJ mix, text miss number 66 available on my SoundCloud too. Handsome black man on my SoundCloud. Check it out if you can as well. And then of course, That's about it. More links in my description for me if you want to find me. If you're listening via the audio app, you will hear my tune today. If you're not listening via the audio app you're just watching me, it will just fade to black. And I'll see you guys again very, very soon. Peace out, my friends. Thank you for hanging.